Welcome to Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero hosted by Mark David Christensen and Kate Thompson. <laughs> That's us. We just said our names in our own voices so you know who the hosts are. <laughs> That's how audio works, right? You That's say your name right. and, that, and that registers to the listeners of who's who. <laughs> in case there was any confusion, I went ahead and said it. Yeah. Yeah. We said it. Um, we're, we're so excited um, to be back for our, uh, our second episode of this um, grand podcast um, dedicated to Mike Mignola's. I'm going to keep saying Mignola. Okay. Because you I, told me that you pronounced it wrong, but is it, can you tell me again how it's actually pronounced? I don't know yet because I, uh, I feel dumb. I'm going to say Mignola. Mignola? It's like, a ta- it sounds like Mignola. 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 McVoll, oh. like it's almost Italian. At mm. least this other podcast, I was like just wanting to like get in the mindset of Hellboy, and yeah. I was looking to see, and also just when I was doing research on to make sure there's not any other podcasts that are dedicated yeah. to Hellboy. But there's of course nerd podcasts that have done episodes. Sure, and this one was very good. Like I enjoyed it. It was like a very like cool introductory in history of like Hellboy, like especially for some people out there that probably never heard of it. Yeah, um, and. I should probably cite the podcast. It's called like the wizard in the, uh, I'd have to look it up. It's on <laughs> the our wizard Instagram. wizard in my tabs. Yeah, in my tabs. Look at my, <laughs> our Instagram. Uh, I'm sorry for those podcasts. It was a very, it was very good. It's like the wizard and the buster. I can't, I honestly can't remember. We'll get it at the beginning of uh, episode three. <laughs> yeah. We'll tell, yeah, we'll, yeah, exactly. We'll plug this other podcast. Or I'll get an email from them. Uh, uh, but they were pronouncing it like almost Italian. And I was like, am I, and I tried to look it up on Wiki where how you it will give you like how it's pronounced. And I was like, yeah. I don't know how to read that properly. No. The way it's like that. Is there an, in, there's a interview with this man maybe where he gets introduced? Yeah. But that was like, maybe, yeah, I need to find an interview. That's where we got to really, that's the yeah. real deal. Because then he would correct that. it. Yeah. Because for all we know, they're listening to this podcast going, it's Mignola. Yeah. It's true. We're not reliable I'm going to say sources. Mignola because that's the way it, it looks to me. Yeah. And I'm going to do that until we take the time to watch an interview with him, <laughs> with Mike Mignola. Never. Or we have Mike Mignola on and he gets to correct oh, us. Oh, I'm going to fucking do my homework if he comes on here. <laughs> yeah. I'll make sure. Well, it's like absolutely sure. Right? Like, I don't know. And then I'll call him Mark or something stupid. <laughs> Mark Mignola. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll walk out the door never to return. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't have any like current. Unless you do, I don't have any like current Hellboy news in the sense of like in comic books because I am way behind. I stopped getting like, I took him out of my holds a long time ago. Yeah. Because I was just like, I'll wait for trades or the library editions because I just can't afford issue to issue. Yeah. Right you can't afford 40 or 30 years of comic books at one Yeah. Time. And I'm not a person that has to have the issues. I'm not like, I'm not, I don't consider myself a collector. I'm more like, a, I like to yeah, you're like stories. It. Yeah. Um, but I did add him to my holds back because I, I don't know if it's just Hellboy and BPRD, but my comic book store, Secret Headquarters in Los Angeles, I went into my hold, my, my subscript, what I subscribed to, and I added Hellboy. So the next time a new issue comes out, I'll at least talk briefly about Hell it. Hell yeah. yeah. It feels like a cause for celebration. <laughs> yeah, right? Cool. Celebration for us. Because um, you're not reading. I mean, you're not reading like anything updated. This no, no, not even close. I mean, because this is your. This even is my though first you know go. Hellboy, but you're really 
This is the fun thing about you. Yeah, I've kind of dipped into it. Like I've seen the movies uh, and just random like trades that I would pick up because I thought the cover looked cool. I love that. But it was such an undertaking to read all of them that I never really... I never really just spent the money basically to do it. Right. And it but took one to and it took one um, email or Facebook message to you to get you to agree to. That's it. Dedicate all this time to it. I just need someone to keep me accountable for anything. And Great. then I'll out of sense of obligation. I'll <laughs> Great. <laughs> Although it. it's way exceeded that at this point. Like I love this kind of like this book was so good. And yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We'll get, to, we'll definitely get into for that. Sure. Our first dive into the first storyline um, in this, episode but moving on past the comic books right now it's let's move on to countdown to hellboy 2019 which originally was like rise of the blood queen but i think it's just they're going with full-on reboot just hellboy yeah um the first thing i want to point out is like they mia jovich posted online i found this at bleedingcool.com she posted on her instagram a cool banner which is really interesting is that like besides that like picture that we last episode we looked at with David Harbour sort of in makeup test for Hellboy. Yeah. Like most of all the promotional stuff coming out is just illustrated. Yeah. Like this banner that we're looking at that Mia Jovich posted um, is it looks like a it looks like they're advertising a comic book, not a movie. I would. That's, Let me see. Sorry. Are you, oh, you're fine. Take your time, Kate. If you got to pull that up, I mean, what we're looking at—it's just like her post is just my intern a parking lot. She's literally doing a parking lot with a guy in it, looking at his phone. But the ba- <laughs> there's a hell big Hellboy banner which shows Hellboy with like a sawed-off shotgun with smoke coming out of it. His tail sort of whipping up. His right hand of doom is sort of off of there, off of the frame of this big banner. It has the logo, traditional Hellboy logo. It says 2019, and then it has the blood. Um, the blood queen um, in the other side of the banner, like with kind of like with a, Oh yes, I see. Yeah. Okay. And it's like the blood queen sort of has blood additional to like bloodshot eyes or just very red eyes. Yeah. She's wearing like, not like a throne, like a crown, like the it's traditional, like blown. Jesus, we know crown of throne thor- yeah. thorns. She's like wearing like almost like it looks, if I had to guess, it looks like, a beehive haircut of thrones. yeah, it's a yeah, it's a towel on your head after a shower uh, of thorns. Yeah, thorns. Why am yeah. I saying thrones? Oh, I don't know. That's okay. Sometimes it does, you get, it has yeah. to. You have to hear it out loud. You know the word you're trying to say. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I know what I'm. I'm not saying. blaming you. It does it. I do it. I it does it. It does it. Um, um, it this looks really cool, but yeah, it doesn't say too much about the movie. I guess. Yeah, like, I, I like as we said, we're excited for this new movie, but like. It's weird to me to advertise that movie with the art of the comic. It would make me think that it was another animated movie. Like yes. if I wasn't if I wasn't like keeping up with the fact that they were making a new live action movie, I would think like, oh, Netflix is making a special or something right. based on this billboard. And I mean, when was this posted by her, I wonder? It's I mean, April tenth. April tenth. Yeah, I mean that. That's like crazy. I think that that's. I mean, I guess it's the easy way. Best maybe it's cheap for them to to do. Yeah, it could have been just like artwork that they whipped up. It could be like re repurposed artwork. Maybe yeah, that's funny. Like you wouldn't. You don't really see too much of that. Where like the live action 
version of it is advertising like that. Yeah. Weird. Because, yeah, I would, I mean, I it's cool to get the excitement started already, but I would yeah. hope that they wouldn't want to, like you said, think that, because I feel like that will turn off a huge audience by thinking it's an animated Expecting movie. Expecting one thing, yeah. Because, like, especially with the, weirdly, I think animated movies in this genre seem to go straight to DVD. For sure. Is where, like, the big ones are, like, more, like, family-oriented, even if they yeah. elevate that, like, Coco and stuff. Yeah. So, it's, like, I think most audience to be like hell boy <laughs> whatever but i'm still excited for it yeah um and then yeah i think last week we we talked on a little bit about the upcoming movie and the thing i think we didn't get to was just brief discussion of like the writers they have assigned to this which normally would get me like we talked about no marshall of course his work but it's like the writers they have are a guy named andrew Gro- cosby mm-hmm. not bill <laughs> Bad joke. Crosby. Is it Cros it's Cosby? And Bill Crosby. Andrew Yeah. <laughs> it's Andrew Cosby, who has like if you look at his if anybody's out there listening, look up his IMDB. He's a very intense IMDB profile picture. Yeah, it's he's got a he's got a selfie that's like <laughs> dramatically lit in his den. And he's looking so <laughs> He just looks like the he looks like like the bass player in a band or something. He's like kind of bass player is looking per, moody, like definitely like in nineties <laughs> or like yeah. that era of like rock of like prog- pro like pop rock, like a like, new metal band or something. Yeah, the new metal. Yeah, that's what they're called. New metal. Like um, uh, who did the damn Adidas song? Oh, oh my gosh! What all day I dream about sex? Yeah, wasn't was that corn? Am I mistaken? Yes, it was corn. No, you're right. It was corn. It looks like he would play bass for like a band. I didn't want to come up with that answer too fast. Nah, you did. (laughs) You had it right there. (laughs) Listen to my corn podcast later. (laughs) Yeah, like corn or limp biscuit, he would play for. Yeah, he wouldn't even be in like metal metal. He's the session bass player for new metal bands (laughs) from 2001. But I don't know. But I bet he his, writes like a. I hope he writes really well. <laughs> yeah, I hope he does he made too. Made a lot of judgments about this poor bastard. Yeah, but I mean, I just don't know the work that he's cited. So it's I don't know. This is like he he worked on something called Haunted in a Eureka. I have no clue what those are. Eureka was like a sci-fi show. Oh, okay. Um, I believe I didn't watch it, but I, didn't I heard either. good stuff about that. it. That's good to hear. I mean, yeah. it went on for. 77 episodes from 20 so and he wrote one of them or he that's what he oh he wrote that's how he, many he wrote but he was a creator of it so and I've he heard good three, shit about it yeah so I mean he was a producer on Two Guns which is a fun action movie I don't think it's perfect but it was fun yeah um yeah yeah it looks like I mean they went for five seasons That movie, the show couldn't have been that bad do you think that's how it happens where it's like one of the writers is Working on the action solely, and one was working on like is Christopher Golden. Either that, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they could be a team. Yeah, let's look at Christopher Golden. That's the second writer, Christopher Golden, who has entirely different credits. So they're not necessarily they're not team. Yeah, it's that, or they've taken passes at it. Yeah, I guess. You know what I mean? Like they got hired, then they moved the the production company moved on they easily could be that neil marshall's doing a full rewrite yeah on his own because a lot of times directors i think do rewrites even without credit 
Really? And they'll just change? I think that has to, it's a contractual thing. I'm not saying they won't fight for credit, but they might have to take not credit, but end up rewriting a lot of it anyway. Yeah. But this guy, I mean, this guy, Golden, I mean, I he just has like shorts, a TV movie, some Buffy video games. So, I mean, he looks like he's in the right genre to be doing this. Yeah. But again, who knows what they pitched the story. They could have presented Maybe a lot of cool Maybe he's the comedy dude. In the picture I'm seeing of him, if we're going to just talk about their pictures, he looks like a sweet man and he's holding a little stuffed mallard, like a little Oh, duck. wow. You're looking up. I can't see that picture. I think I just Googled him and that's oh, the you first Googled. thing that came up. All right. He looks like a cute guy. He looks like a cutie. <laughs> I bet he's here writing jokes. <laughs> he's writing the jokes. He's writing the jokes and... They're like, we need this to be punched up. And then Mike... Mignola's creditors are screen on screenplay for this one as well. That's great. Which is cool. Yeah. Because he writes like the stories, right? Like the scripts themselves. Yeah. I mean, he's he's the originator John of it. Byrne, but... Yeah. I mean, that's the beginning, John Byrne. Oh, okay. We're starting. John Byrne eventually doesn't do it. He only, oh, okay. He only does these first this first story, I think, and maybe some of the, the other shorts, but the next... He pretty much leaves him pretty fast. Okay. It's not like John Byrne is a he's co- not there the whole and he's time. necessarily not a co-creator. He's more just he wrote the script for what we're gonna re- what we were going through today. Cool. It's very and he's like a known um, big time a uh, comic book guy. I'm not very versed in John Byrne, but yeah, we'll t- quickly touch on that before we start um, into this issue. But then, yeah, I mean, I don't know anything about these writers, but that could be the good thing. That I, was no, yeah. I have no expectation for yeah. them at all. It's just like, well, let's see what they bring yeah, to the table. Yeah, I'm just excited to see what it's going to be. Yeah, totally. Let's see here. I wanted to look at one I'm going to default to good. Default good? Yeah, good? I feel like Great. a new new person, like, they'll be hungry for something good. Like, they'll want to do a good job. Right, they're making a name for themselves, so they're definitely going to want to do a good job. I believe job. in them. You, I, you hear that? I hope they hear that <laughs> in their hearts. So. I hope they hear just that part and not me talking about their photos. They're going to hear that. <laughs> but this is the thing, before we move on from the movie, it, there was a cool thing from um, Slash Film. Uh, just This is where I found it, so I wanted to cite it, where uh, Mignola says pretty much that it's going to be close to a horror film, um, which is cool. He just He's quoted as saying, I was super involved with Guillermo del Toro's movies, way more than this one, and those I worked in pre-production, and I was on set a lot of the time. As time went on, he and I had different idea what we should what should happen. In this new movie, I don't have much hands-on involvement. I'm not doing any concept art. I'm doing consulting, but I think from day one and discussion about the look and feel of this new movie, the director, which is Neil Marshall, seems to be very much closer to the tone of the vision I wanted it to be. Wow, well, that's cool. So that's cool. I and it says the B, and then he also goes on to say the BPRD figures into the movie. I don't want to say who's who is and who is in the movie. I think it's fair to say that, however, that the primary focus is Hellboy and not that team. Yeah. Cool. Um, but that is cool because, I mean, we'll get into it again when we get to the issues that we're discussing today. But it, I think that that excites me a lot. Yeah. That it's they're just going cool for that, that like, feel. Because, you know, he's had so much control over it for so long and for him to, like, approve of the this movie version of it. It's like, that's really exciting. Yeah. And like, it sounds like whatever him and Guillermo had, it seemed like it was at some point. It just stopped working maybe. 
It's so surprising to me that Guillermo del Toro wouldn't have like a great horror. Like Pan's Labyrinth is so I scary think, and yes. like it seems like, I don't know. It's just, I guess he, maybe he thought in his mind like comic book movie, like he geared it more towards yeah. like teenager, like younger teenagers or something. Like it's Two. less horrifying. For, for sure. I think you're right. And maybe he just had that. Maybe you don't, we don't know what studios want from him. Yeah. Uh, or what he has, or just the envision of what he saw beyond that. Where, uh, yeah, there. Uh, when we get to the movies, that we'll discuss because I think I read something about Guillermo sort of citing what he wanted for his third movie. Sounds a little different. And then again, we're making our way till the end, so I'm excited to find out like where Mike takes it, and then see what that in comparison to Guillermo's thoughts were. Yeah, but also Guillermo, back backtracking a little bit, like. His movies seem to like, even though they're they go into that horror element. I one, I think he adds more than just one genre. He's very much like combines genres. I don't think he's a genre director so much, and yeah. he's actually been said that in an interview that I was just, and I was like, that gave me more of insight of like, oh, that's what your movies are. Yeah, and he tends to go more fantastical, I think, than horror in some sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes that makes total sense. Because Pan's Lesson, even though it's like, especially like terrifying. It feels like it's more like more fantastical fear. Not. Yeah, it's it's like more like focused towards kids. I remember like some radio interview that I heard with him talking about where he came up with the idea for the creature with the eyeballs on his yeah. hands. And he was like talking about how when children draw monsters, they basically draw a human, but move one element or like change one like feature. Yeah. And so like just by simply doing that, you make this like horrifying fucking thing that's just like stays in your brain forever. Totally. Um, but that's <laughs> like, I can like even his inspiration for the monsters and that are drawn from children. Like it's like way more focused on that. Woof. Like that's a good way to go at that. That's why that monster is so weirdly terrible. Oh my God. Yeah. It's like very viscerally scary. It's features are just slightly off. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's gross. It's just gross. Yeah. He's a gross guy. <laughs> very gross. But yeah. Moving. That's all I have to say about the movie, unless <laughs> That's our you do. Deviation yeah, from... our little deviation into Guillermo del Toro on the movies. Seamless, seamless. Moving forward, of I course. hope that didn't sound like I was cutting you off, Kate. Oh no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, also talking about back to comics and into what we're about to hit, which is the seed of destruction, the first um, storyline um, of Hellboy ever, first major storyline. Um, I didn't know this. This there currently is a big omnibus release coming from from Dark Horse. They're about to release. Re, I'm guessing because in involvement of the movie, of course. Yeah, they're pushing the stories back out, so they're making omnibus versions. I can't tell how many volumes they're going to be off of this. It feels like I think there's three or four. I'm trying to see. There's oh, there's four. Seed of Destruction, Strange Places, The Wild Hunt, and Hellboy in Hell are the three omnibuses that are coming. So it's going to be, and the one cool thing about it is that they're all going to be in chronological order, apparently. So even in the like the spinoff short one-off stories, I think they're going to have those in the order that you're that that would fit in and everything. That's very Whereas exciting. Like, in the tackling yeah. us tackling this podcast scheduling wise. It took a little bit of work to be like, okay, where does what fit 
It's not that hard, but it got a little confu- like, yeah, confusing. Yeah, yeah. You have to like, you end up looking at like publishing dates and shit as opposed to just being like, it's one through 50. Yeah, and that's how sort of what we're going off is more of the publishing dates anyway, as, yeah. as best as possible, just to be like, let's just go with the way it was released. Just so that we'll our brains don't leak out of our ears. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but that, I mean, I think these... <laughs> I think these are really cool. These omnibuses, the covers are really cool. Um, we'll post a link to this this stuff that we're we're describing. I'm just looking at like the Entertainment Weekly's like website that shows the covers. They're really cool. I'm yeah, a little. Awesome. I don't think I'll end up buying them mainly because of you money. You have the library editions, like... yeah. And I think I like the size of the library. And omnibuses can be a little cumbersome. Yeah. Even though I love them and I have a couple of like Marvel ones. Yeah. Well, I was saying like, I hate to crack the spine on a, on an omnibus. Like, I don't want to do that. Yeah, it's you like, don't. I don't. I just. I hated cracking the library ones. Yeah. And I was like, I'm willing to crack it for this podcast. You have to read it. Like, that's the thing. It's like, I have to read it in like, I don't know, but just the, just somewhere deep in OCD. I totally understand. Mine. I'm like, ugh. It was pristine before. (laughs) I totally understand immediately because that being said, like with these library editions, this first issue, it's printed on, there's a, it's a black background. Yeah. The panels. Yeah. It's not white, traditionally white. So my fingers, you'd think it wouldn't show anything, but I could tell there was like, oh yeah. Grease from my fingers would show up on the black. Uh huh. Freaking out every you time could, like, I touched. You could like Windex these pages. Like they're so glossy and. <laughs> yeah, it was very. They're intense. Scary. You got to read it. Yeah, you got to read it with gloves. True. True. You gotta re- <laughs> I do need to read it with gloves, but I Oh, don't. I didn't watch The Descent. That was my homework last that time. That was your Descent. Didn't. Oh, you just realized. You yeah. Know, oh, I'll, you know. I think we'll be... just dedicate something to it. Like a. Well, yeah. Not even a. F- maybe we'll give something. It's some focus as we get closer to the movie release. Cool. I think we'll give Neil Mart. We'll give Neil Marshall's movie The Descent to watch. A fair watch. And okay. talk about it. You don't got to be. You know what? I'll let the listeners shame you. About okay, your good. homework, but Thank I'm not you. going to. I have your back. <laughs> I mean, shame, shame works. So, like I said, sense of obligation. I, you know. <laughs> but this one, I plum forgot. I just feel like a dummy. Don't I'll don't feel <laughs> like a dummy at all. Well, let's quickly um, before we jump into the panel discussion of our issues today. Let's just get into like a description. Let's just introduce to our our listeners what we are covering today. Uh, we are going to be reading the first two issues or covering the first two issues. We've already read them. We're not going to read them out loud. You like a storybook <laughs> uh, of Seed of Destruction. Um, this is the very first Hellboy storyline. This is incredible. Um, this was released, it began the first issue, I believe it was, um, well, it says it was reprinted in October 94, so I think it came out earlier that year in 94. Yeah. The first, looks like it was in March 1994, was in the first issue, and then April 1994, when the second issue came out. Yeah. This is so far long ago. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm like trying to think how I would have been just over 12. Yeah. Or around 12. In 94. Or 12, 11, maybe. Because I, I was born in 83. Yeah. Man, I've been six. I didn't even know what I was doing. I've been six. That. I wouldn't. I was like. It had the word hell on it. I wouldn't even be allowed close uh, yeah, to I it. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have been a little <laughs> bit allowed to it all growing up. Um, in Utah, no yeah. way. I was reading big fat like Garfield comics. That's what <laughs> that's what my world looked like at the time. I that was, was proud. my comics experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
Mine might have been my brother's, but or me just drawing my own characters in my yeah. bedroom. That's what I would have been doing by now. Making a lot of video game drawings. Yes. That's yeah. what I was going to be. Is When I was a kid, I was like, I'm going to be a video game creator. Yeah, it seemed so have, easy then. It was yeah, just it was like, like, I'll just make the... I'll make the little books in yeah, the beginning. Exactly. It's like I'll pitch an idea. Like with an a NES penguin game. that throws bombs, they're gonna make it into a game. They didn't. Oh, they didn't, not yet. Uh, but a little more other information. So this first storyline was not only written by Mike Mignola, the creator of Hellboy, but also the script itself was written by John Byrne, who's a very well known comic book um writer. Um he's mostly known for best known for his Marvel comics, X Men and Fantastic Four. And he also had a relaunch of a DC Comics Superman franchise, part of that, in 86, it looks like. He's, um, I unfortunately don't know much about John Byrne. I don't think I've read anything. We've touched on his next men that Hellboy has an appearance, appearance in and stuff like that. Yeah, that was the only thing I like grazed of his. Yeah. Um, he must have had a lot of cool characters, because there is a character when we get to it that's introduced in this that never shows up again in Hellboy, and the only reason it has is because it's a John Byrne-created character. Oh, okay. I wonder, does he use it? Do you know if he continues to use it in his own? I wish I knew the answer to that question. That's the, we'll look it up. Look, it up, look up the, um, what is it, the Flame of Liberty? Is that what his name is? Oh, yeah, right off the bat. Yeah, that is a John Byrne character. With, or Torch so of Liberty, sorry. Torch of Liberty. So those out there that are like connoisseurs of Hellboy right now are like, "Ah!" (laughs) I always picture people listening to podcasts, especially especially ones I'm making, just getting angry at me. Yeah. I mean, there's (laughs) so much I don't know. And I definitely like, you know, you're driving right now. You're listening to us two idiots talk about (laughs) something that we we like very much. But, you know, we're just learning about it. We're super fans. You didn't always know, did you? No, I don't think anybody knows. You're not. Are you really stopping to look up everything when you read it? Yeah. If you do, you're never going to finish. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> give it, <laughs> but um, give it was it easy all, on yourself. Yeah. So it was like co-written by Mike. Did you find anything on Torch of Liberty? Mm-hmm. You were. It looks like you were doing a lot. Of I was. Quick, I was kind of. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Block. Yeah. It looks like he has <laughs> his own books. Um, it looks like Dark Horse published. Uh. Uh. A one shot. And that's it. Oh, wow. Is he just made as like basically like an analog for Captain America? I think it is. It feels like it yeah. is. Especially because in what we're about to read, like what it will reference him doing and like fighting Nazis. It and feels stuff. very much just like that in the. In Which the is issue. a lot of like these original, like a lot of when like Image and Dark Horse creator owned publications, it was not only for those just to like create great characters like Hellboy and so forth. A lot of people. That came from Marvel and DC, they would use that as an opportunity to sort of write the stories they wanted about those those big characters. Yeah, but give them like take them in areas that those big people uh, like they the would editors never, at Marvel would never let them do. Yeah, yeah. like we're not going to have Captain America like opening up gates to other world like Hades and shit. Exactly. <laughs> but hell, well, I mean, we'd read that. You just said that. Yeah, totally would do that. Yeah. Um, but real quick, Mike, Mike, uh, Magnola illustrated all of this story. It was colored by Mark Turarello, edited by Barbara Kessel. Um, and yeah, that's, I just wanted to get that in. I like giving people credit for like, cause I think the one thing is like inkers and colorists and all that sort of don't get the credit, the credit that they like 
deserve. Yeah. We only go through the elders. And it's like, cool, you did do all the lines. I get that. And you are the primary artist. But I think colorists, they there's some coloring that you're like, especially they in this make book, things bring life. This, yeah, I think like it adds so much and is so deceptively simple in this book. Like it seems like it's it's just so understated and like beautiful. It's awesome. It's like very subtle coloring and like the ink, the inking in this. Did you say it was somebody? Uh, sorry, I didn't know if you said it was I, Mike. I don't know if it was the inking. First, I just know it was colored by Mark, a oh, guy okay. named Mark Chirella. So I assume like Mike Magnola did. He all might the have done the inking. Yeah, that's the most high pressure shit right there. That's when you're you're really, you know, you don't have an eraser there. Buddy. And a lot of people, I think Mike, <laughs> if if I remember right, the podcast that I forgot the name of, mm-hmm. I think they did a lot of great research. So I'm remembering it from theirs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, we're on Sounds the cuff. Cool. We're on the cuff here. We're <laughs> yeah. reading. We're we're giving you the experience of like just the visceral experience of Hellboy. That's right. You could go. <laughs> what is it? Left brain, right brain. You have like two sources on Hellboy yeah. that you can tap into if you really are desperate for yeah. that. Um, um, you can go look that up. <laughs> but I think he started as an inker. Oh, cool. That's what he wanted to do because he thought it would be like easy or something. Because he would yeah, be maybe. like, oh, I can, do, and it would give him time to do other things on his side. Then he eventually got into his own. That into seems being crazy. A, it seems so time consuming to me. Like that's such a right. Him. Well, because I think most people just see it as tracing. Yeah, is why. But it's like I think there's, a, I think all those steps are that's like always the classic a, chasing Amy thing. Is like you're a fucking tracer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but it ain't true. This shit looks hard. This shit. <laughs> yeah, and I think those steps just are understated a lot of times when it's like those those two steps inky the that on top of coloring and lettering give it life yeah and if if the people weren't doing their jobs at the best these wouldn't be as memorable as for sure we say just because it was just mike's illustrations or his sketch we'd be like those are cool yeah but they they these other people bring life to it completely they make it a complete thing so yeah that's how we feel about it. Fuck yeah. Get Everybody credits where it's due. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break. Um, when we come back, we're going to dive right in um, to issue one and then straight into issue two of Seed of Destruction when we return. Hi, I'm Amanda Salvatore. And I'm Jackie Ray Bell, And we are the hosts of Guilty, Guilty Pleasure. Pleasure, the podcast that celebrates, elaborates, and experiences our odd interests. We talk with comedians, writers, and artists about their chosen guilty pleasure, like LARPing, Burning Man, Keanu Reeves, Alan Iverson, television shows, 60s and 70s rock and roll, and the list basically goes on and on and on. If you'd like to check us out, we have a new episode every single Monday. Delivered to you from Campfire Media. Find us on iTunes or anywhere that you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hey, thanks for listening. Welcome back to Aw Crap Hellboy Podcast. Um, It's me, Mark David Christensen, and... Me, Kate Thompson. And we're going to dive right in to Seed of Destruction um, the first Hellboy storyline that was brought into the world, you could say summoned into the world, just like the character in 1994. <laughs> so let's just jump right in. I want to just right off the bat, Kate, discuss just real quick what he dedicated this storyline to. Yeah. I think this must have been in the issues. If not, it was in the reprints mm-hmm. or like the trades. But I love that he dedicated this story to Jack Kirby, H.P. Lovecraft, which you, I think if you know anything about Lovecraft, you'd see the influence a yeah, lot in huge. there. Yeah. And then his... Lovely wife, Christine. 
and the amazing Elmer Newton. I don't know who Elmer Newton is. If he's somebody iconic, I feel so bad yeah. not knowing. Well, he's amazing either way. <laughs> yeah, you're a great guy. So oh, and I forgot to mention this right before we jump in. This won uh, Mike Minigola and Eisner Award. I think for best artist at the time. I'd have to double check, but I'm pretty sure. I think that's so deserved. That he won the Eisner Award, award yeah. on this back in 1990, if not 94, 95. I don't know how those awards work. Um, but that's, I think it's, yes, I think you're right. But it's really, it's really cool to see something right out the gate on their first storyline. Get like that kind of Get honor. that recognition. Yeah. Yeah. So jumping right in the first page, um, we're going to go as much panel to panel. We don't want to aggravate anybody listening <laughs> with just every panel to panel. Cause I think with these bigger storylines, we're just going to go um, page to page and then panel by panel when we feel it's necessary. Um, but going right into the first page, I love this cause we're about to go into a crazy world, but yeah, I love that Mike trusts us in a way because him and John, cause they're going to walk us into this. And I think this is like a very, it's pretty cool that it's like kind of, it's horror. Yeah. It's like you have a, you get a sense of tone, I think in this first page. Yeah. Because it's just like, it's two images, like a, an old ca- a church, I'm assuming like mm-hmm. a chapel. Yeah. Um, a wide shot of it. And then the inside of it with a, the rooftops decayed. Looks like it's at night. You're getting some sh- really cool shadows and there's a crucifix. Yeah. And then at, on the left hand side, you get oh, it's long text, which sort of, it's even looks like choosing to put it on this yellow, I think gives it that idea of like, yeah, it everything's is, aged. You're looking at the 1944. Yeah. And it's almost like a journal. Yeah. You're looking at like a journal or even like a, a report. Yeah. His report for this mission that's like Type tucked away in some f- secret file. And what I love too on this, on the bottom of this first page is just these little hints of like silhouettes of human figures at the very bottom which give you an idea of the scale of it because otherwise it's like kind of hard to exactly imagine because you know this crucifix could be smaller bit and it just gives you this like idea of how vast this ruin is and it's really cool it's really and it makes it even more creepy if it's like that large yeah just looming over them and it's like it's just super sinister looking and uh yeah with all these like super dramatic shadows and they're like, they're cloaked in shadow and you just don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it's great. It's great. And it's this journal that we're reading on this left-hand side. That's getting walking us into this world is the journal of the first Sergeant George Whitman. And it's USA, December 23rd, 1944. Yeah. So we're just getting a, like he just pretty much goes through and describes sort of like being on a mission that they're sort of unclear, like really what's going on. Everybody's on edge because they're going after Nazis. Yeah. But it's also, they not only do they have them there, but then this next page over, we have three other panels that are sort of introducing our main players of this beginning of the story, which you can see some top one. You get to see these um, army um, soldiers. I don't know why I couldn't come up with the word. <laughs> and then we have a, army guys. Army guys. Uh, <laughs> some army guys, you know. <laughs> Uh, backpacks. <laughs> backpacks I got. Yeah. Backpacks, I could tell you all about. All about them. We've done our research on them. Yeah, we've done our research <laughs> on those. But this is interesting because they introduced in this first panel and in the in the memo that we're getting from our sergeant is that we see this character who has like a, a trench coat, a traditional kind of like, super, like superhero, like small black eye mask. Yeah. 
which is really funny to me still to this day of like that's the most you're gonna wear that's to like the trope yeah yeah right. <laughs> like i'm like is that for disguise or is that for a look it was like is that just a fad that most superheroes had at I some do point want, i guess it, it it makes me think of the only thing i can think of that would like predate that would be old-timey like burglars or something and a like you know with like <laughs> A striped white and black shirt, like the Hamburglar style kind of yeah. mask where it doesn't do too much. Like it's not, it's really not hiding your face that well. Right. Um. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like I would, you know, more homework for me to. Yeah, but it's good. I mean, it, to Google. And then he has a red shirt. Yes, we'll Google it later <laughs> off podcast. Um, But he has a red shirt and then it has like a torch, like sort of like looks like an Olympian torch. Yeah. Is what I associate that with. Yeah. And he has like a USA belt or a USA symbol behind below that. Yeah. This character is named the Torch of Liberty. And in his little description, it makes it seem like, um, yeah, very much like he's an ongoing superhero in this world. Yeah. He's like, like he kind of describes at some point that, you know, the soldiers were like a little... Uh, just impressed by him, I guess, that he had, you know, his like reputation precedes him. Like there's this whole thing is so it like throws you right into this world. It's like, here's this character that already exists. Like, you know, and they even, you know, just like visually, he's got this little Superman curl and he's also got these like patriotic elements that make me think of Captain America. Like he, you know, the, the readers who are looking at this comic already know of all these characters and they're, so they immediately are like, okay, that's who this is. That's yeah. who this is an analog for, for sure. Um, and this, and the soldiers would all know this person too. This like crazy. Yeah. And it's really patriotic. cool. And they do that so well by like, yeah, I think you're, you're right on with this. And they sort of understand, like he kind of comments on how it's weird watching this guy who's seen in like, um, images or like like newsreels newsreels yes fighting nazis and he's just having coffee with the guy yeah he's just hanging out (laughs) he's got like dirt on his jumper or jumper his uh like duster it could be a jumper though (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's just down in there with them which is a cool way to like a hero that's a cool hero yeah he's like in the trenches the only mention we will ever get of him in hellboy that i'm aware of because um, yeah. it's like John Byrne, I believe, owned character, as we've mentioned before. But this is also in this little snippet. There's a it's the first mention of which I think is is the Project Ragnarok, mm-hmm. which is definitely a play on Ragnar the traditional Ragnarok, but it's spelled differently for this book of R A G N A R O K. Yeah. And then this introduces they're not only are they out there like fighting Nazis, but they have these paran- three like paranormal like specialists with them. Yeah. Which is our Trevor Broom, who we'll, we'll get to know more later, but then two other people like a Professor Malcolm Frost, and then and then um, Broom is known as like a paranormal whiz kid, by the way, and then Lady Cynthia Eden Jones, who's like supposedly like an it says an England's top medium, yeah, which is already like again the simple like the idea of them being there already is getting a set for like what world we're dropping. Yeah, something into. is weird here. Like we have. Like we're kind of in the middle of nowhere. We're pretty far from Nazis, but all these crazy specialists and a superhero are here with us. So some shit's about to go down. Yeah. Yeah. And I love it because then we meet our sergeant who we've been, whose words we're reading. He's at the very bottom. Looks very like sort of just traditionally rugged. Yeah. Like clean cut. He's like a by the book. Like so he's like, I don't fucking know what these guys are doing. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. It's like, this is my job. I mean, he says there's a really funny piece of dialogue in here where he's all, um, 
like he describes he's, he's try, he describes himself as a guy who'd never even heard the word paranormal before a week ago. Yeah, that's insane that you've never heard even that word. Word. <laughs> yeah, he's like yeah, he's. he's but I love probably that. off some farm or something. Like you kind of get a sense for this, like who this dude is too. Like he's not used to dealing with any of this, any of this stuff. It like makes no sense to him. But he's like, ah, I'm, I'm orders where to go here. So yeah, I love it. Also, can I say that I have to Please. manually pronounce uh, Trevor's last name as Broom? Like, I read it Brutenholm every single time, yeah. and then I have to be like, it's Broom, it's Broom, it's Broom. Broom. And I would have never known that. Kate unless- is goddamn Broom. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they she's calling it out because they they specifically put in parentheses uh, below his name, pronounced Broom. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, got it. And then you have to like... Remind myself each and every Brooklyn time. Home. No, yeah. it's broom. <laughs> yeah. It's broom. Like okay, it's whatever br- you say. <laughs> yeah, okay, got it. Uh, and then I love this. It's just I think tonally, you've already we already know the world we're in within two pages. Yeah, and then we get and even though there's a lot of exposition, it's like it's they do it so quickly, and it's pretty yeah. fascinating that we've done it. Like I've said, I think I mentioned in the first episode how like overwhelming big walls of text could be for me. And this is like handled so well and like just aesthetically looks so nice. Like it, like you were saying, like looks like it's on a yellowed journal and it's like it's it like nothing about it felt like it was a too much of a mouthful. And you get these like beautiful, huge pictures right next to it. So it's not. Yeah. And I think they I think they do it like I'm going to equate it to like the first Star Wars ever. Like these days, a lot of people find the first like New Hope like slow. But I'm like, because they didn't you didn't have the luxury of you knowing the world already. Yeah, you got to be eased into this a little bit sometimes. Yeah. And so it's like like, it's a nice balance. too. Like it feels like it feels like it's already so rich, but he's able to deliver it in a digestible kind of a way. I agree. And then we're going to get to a point where this as soon as we're done with this exposition, this comic goes that speed. We're leaving the slow pace behind. <laughs> yeah, right. It gets so right that's, into you guys got that right? right. Boom. Okay, let's go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in this next page, it gets us right in the next page where we're just seeing these old art, this church's artifacts, mm-hmm. uh, um, the, like knights uh, with crosses. Yeah, these like Templars statues or yeah, whatever. Yeah, very creepy. Yeah, good. and we see there's a little bit of back and forth between the sergeant and Broom, and then. Our lady, um, Cynthia, is like telling them that she sort of is getting a feeling at this place. There's a disturbance going on. But then in these last moments, she realizes it's it's not going on. Something else is not going on where they're at at this church, yeah. this old cathedral or church, but it's happening somewhere else, yeah. which is, uh, she calls it a second center of what she's picking up as a medium. And that's when we go immediately. I can't tell it. It looks like it's a Stonehenge, but not the Stonehenge. That's right? basically what the impression that I got from it. Like these huge monoliths that are like sticking up. Um, and another great use of the, like you can tell because you have these little silhouettes here at the very base of it, of these like human figures. So you can see these like big looming kind of stones. Hang- I, I, yeah, I would assume stones, especially just considering it's like, in the UK, too. yeah, like that's right? my immediate thought. Yeah, and it's really cool because it's under moonlight again. It's very simple. Again, I I want to point out what you, something you point out that they, that scale that you said with the, yeah. just the use of silhouettes to create the scale of this this shot below the page. Yeah, like it's uh, it's it's just it achieves so much with like very little, which yeah. is yeah. 
And this is and this is taking place apparently in the Scottish coast, it says, some yeah. island. And I love this because this first dialogue we are hearing from somebody that's going to be a major player in the storyline is just sort of like this dark, dark poetry in a sense is the only way I can yeah. describe it. <laughs> I would say like every word out of this guy's mouth is like uh, <laughs> so ominous. Like yes. it's such a good villain. <laughs> yeah. And I love it. And what I love is like, there's a couple of things like I want to say, like, I don't want to I want to go by the book yeah. with these because they don't say who he is. And I love how I know I know who he is. Yeah. But I like I like that they don't say who he is, especially like also <laughs> with like Hellboy's real name. We don't know it yet. Yeah. Um, so if you turn the page and, and continue, we have like clearly some Nazis. Some great stylized Nazis. Nazis. Yeah. A Nazi with a, I love a Nazi with a, a glass. Uh, glasses, but one of them is the swastika. Yeah, black. just in case, just to really drive that home. Yeah, and another guy's like a, a Fully gas, gas mask. mask. Yeah, I mean, these are the evilest motherfuckers. Like, and then <laughs> only, only, and then he like even he out evils those two with the next panel with yeah. this guy. Like, I, that's the evilest looking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> As a little kid, if I picked this up, I would have been like, I have to go to church. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have to go confess something. Like I wouldn't have known what, but just like, yeah, this is the most imposing, like metal album art looking <laughs> crazy shit. In the world. I love it. He like has this dark beard that was like fades almost, it fades into his yeah. cloak. Yeah. I love it. I think you're 100% right because <laughs> I, what I, well, I hate, what I, I love and hate about his cloak is that it almost feels, it has all these like, has a dragon and a swastika on it, but the, like the feel of it feels almost like the, uh, the red dragons or whatever the I don't know the title of the Ku Klux Klan. They oh, were those they're robes. like grand wizards and yeah, shit. Yeah, that's what it it kind of invokes to me. So it makes yeah. me even like a ah, I hate it Every more. Every part of it is evil as shit. <laughs> it's so evil. Yeah, like these little I guess these little like kind of not quite iron crosses, but these like X's on his shoulders. Yeah, buddy, I don't know what they're called, but don't, they don't look good. And then don't. the pentagram, uh, you know, yeah, and his, it's uh, just, and his just wild looking. It is, and then he has these giant gauntlets that are yeah, that are like to connected to wires, and it's like, oh, he's gonna, he's like, you know, it's just every part of it looks so dangerous. Yeah, if you splash this guy with water, this whole joint would light up with electricity. <laughs> that's what it looks like to me. Well, that that's great that you say that because the next two panels <laughs> at the bottom, we see these two other Nazis that are clearly running the machine. Yeah, they're like um, the um, who will find out her name later on. But the, this the female Nazi who's there, um, she is telling him to increase the power, mm-hmm. um, and then they they turn it up. He continues to invoke all these like crazy. I love this like close up shot of him too. He's holding like, and he has like a big like rod, like a like electrical yeah. rod in his hand as well. Yeah, and now like to show it, kind of almost like glowing already. It's like because at first he's holding it and it's pitch black, and then he's holding it in his hand and it starts. There's like this power emanating from it, and that slowly kind of increases to the next panel where it's like completely white. And engulfs his whole hand in power. Yeah, and I love the design of this. How like, yeah, it's like a the panel is although it's hidden by on the right side by the other panels that continue the story. It's this really tall panel that yeah, shows the explosion, strong, on like that. vertical, like all the way to the top, like from reaching from the top to the bottom of the page, and it's like, yeah, it makes for such a dramatic, like huge lightning bolt. Like you're getting this that it's like shooting into the atmosphere, basically. 
and then to have the dialogue still it, like to still have dialogue in there and make it look like not a mess is such an accomplishment. <laughs> it's yeah. like it just still looks like you you re- like cuz your eye goes to this dialogue first I think cuz that's just how we read I guess mm-hmm. like you know you start up top left so it's like you're really following it to, like just the composition of it so sharply vertical is like super cool super I'm cool. with you on it it's neat and this is just like we see more ominous discussion now we're flashing between these nazis and our um our cynthia lady cynthia who's yeah. talking about um she's feeling this you're getting this idea that she's sort of uh, aware of this presence sort of this occurrence occurring yeah and um they continue to go back and forth the power's increasing she starts to sense something even more and then that's like it's cool because like they keep getting closer in on cynthia as they go and they like say there's something and then they're very bottom it's like they say they say she's like listening to voices or something yeah i guess like ghosts of a priest and a nun um, that are yeah. in the uh ruins and she's like, they say something is coming. Yeah, they say something's coming. <laughs> and you immediately flip over and uh, it shows a close up of the gauntlets that are our big villain is uh, full white. Like, yeah. It's like only the black is being completely washed out. Yeah. Even like the outline is just this like pale blue, which makes it, you, you know, it like it's like, oh, this is blinding light. And then it's right next to these other panels. So, you know, it's like simultaneous. Yeah, and I like this because yeah. you don't see Cynthia, but I love the this panel with Torch and Broom yeah. who are reacting to whatever's occurring with her. Yeah. And there's such concern and th- like fear. She's probably just like at the epicenter of whatever, of this like ex- explosion that we see right underneath yeah. the crucifix. Yeah, cool silhouette, page. simplistic silhouette of her getting like... Yeah. They grab her and, and then, yeah, this explosion with... Wonderful silhouettes, as well as like the crucifix right behind it with a, a, a impaled classic Jesus on the cross. Yeah. And then it sort of calms for a minute to go back to the Nazis. Yeah. And we see like his gauntlets or that gauntlet has been destroyed on this. Yeah. You can like hear the sizzling without him having to like write in. Yeah. The, uh, you don't need this. You don't need a sound effect. Yeah. You don't need to like you the see kiss. it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is. Amazing, yeah, yeah. With the minimalist hear art it. of mics, dude. Ugh. He's yeah, he rules. I'm so hard sold on this. Like, I'm so on board <laughs> with you. Yeah, I like really cannot believe it's, how I neglected it for. So I hope long. everybody loves it as much as because we're going through <laughs> this. I don't care how slow we're going through each panel because it's we so. Said we weren't gonna go. No, we weren't. But like, it's like you have to almost. We're about we're two seconds away from doing the voices. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> And then we see like this sort of like you think there's, I love this. He's, he's sort of, you can't tell if he's disappointed or not. Cause it's like after this event, he just has his arms down. Our yeah. wizard, I'm going to call him wizard because I know his name, but I don't want to say it. Yes. That's, that's um, good. And the Nazi behind him is sort of like chastising him. And he starts getting on his case about not bringing a miracle. And he sort of just like without it, like without emotion just tells him like don't bring your sarcasm yeah he sort of threatens him in this cool panel this nazi with the glass uh, yeah, with, with the, the eye with the swastika on one side yeah. whose name is von corrupt by the way which like looks to me like shorthand for corrupt yeah almost <laughs> like it's like it, it's just so funny how much how nasty he makes his zombies or zombies my god nazis? nazis nazis yeah nazis are zombies i get yeah, it yeah they could <laughs> in the heart they're not they're zombies they're like 
it, it, I mean, he just makes them even more evil. He like really cart it, on the verge of being cartoony, but they're still so like the art is so moody and great and dark that it's like it sells it. Like it's fine. Yeah, I, I believe a character named Von Krupp with a swastika over his eye. Totally, and I love this because this little back and forth is about bringing this art, this miracle. And it's like the Nazis are supposed to be bad because it's like we're using this guy who's yeah. like a wizard or whatever, <laughs> dark wizard, who's bringing about something. And then he like they're like you're supposed to bring us a miracle that will make us win. But what's cool is like he's like I I promised you. He's like I have set motion events which cannot be reversed or undone. So it's like it's like you're worse than them because you're yeah. in whatever you've set up. It's like you're going. I set up something that's. Just gonna be gonna worse blow than what these Nazis you think. Out of the water. <laughs> Not even, and it's like I. It's almost like you get a feeling of like he used them, right? Yeah, it's the same. You know, it just it it like solidifies it with their dialogue. That what the impression that you get from looking at them in the very first time they appear, where he looks so even more evil than these super cartoonishly evil Nazis. So he is like proving it by saying like, uh, yeah, I'm I've put in motion events which cannot be reversed. It's like. He's yeah, he's he is fucking worse than Nazis. And I love that setup because we make Nazis to be the worst in almost every uh, yeah, scenario. They, yeah. <laughs> they they usually prove themselves to be. And then we turn the next page and it's our very first appearance of Hellboy in this <gasps> issue and it's immediately him as a, a young adorable a little adorable demon, <laughs> a little adorable demon. Oh, cutie. In the leftover flames of the whatever <laughs> explosion occurred in the church that almost killed Cynthia. Yeah. And he's just chilling there. Yeah. So, like, creepy. I mean, I love this little simplest, simple design of him sitting. Almost looks like he's in, like, down with his legs crossed. Yeah, he's kind of just, yeah. And, and there's just a guy, an army guy in this band. Like, Holy. <laughs> I love that line, too. Like, just to, because it shows, like, this, there's so much, um, God, the, like, word is escaping me. It's, like, not. It's I just like, want to make sure that they hear you. Yeah. So it's like not super, it's like a little irreverent to say, because he's, you know, he's of course saying like, holy shit or something or, you know, whatever he would have said in the 40s. Yeah. Um, But w in the like juxtaposition of all this evil shit, it's just like, it's like a, it's like a, it's a little joke in itself. Like it's kind of, I mean, maybe I'm fucking reading way too much. Into I love, it no, point. read into it. But I like love to that. look at Hellboy in your first line, the first line of dialogue after Hellboy appears to be like, holy. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just silly. Like it's like to the point where, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah. They're just still funny. Like they're still, the books are still so funny. Yeah. And I think it, I think that's funny. And also yeah. that's like a fun way to like react to this because you wouldn't know how to react to it. Yeah. That's you, how a soldier would react. A soldier's to it. like, I'm gonna fight Nazis and now this yeah, exists. This is holy. <laughs> it could be like holy like I don't even know anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it turns into and then I love their reaction. Like the guy, um, the other paranormal specialist is like, kill it immediately. Yeah. And then like you see torches sort of humanity and um is like, no, we don't even know it, it doesn't look too dangerous. Cynthia calls it a, it says it looks like a little boy. Yeah. Which immediately makes Broom say Hellboy, our, our title name. Yeah. And then you just cut to a quick shot of like an old photograph of this little tiny demon with a giant iron hand, uh, right hand in an old photograph with all the soldiers and the, and the other characters. And yeah, Broom. it's so cool. And that like, 
it's cool because that just then we just time jump immediately. Yeah. Which I had to look up. It's 1994. I always thought Hellboy took place in the 70s, but I think I got confused. Because he says briefly, he talks about uh, something yes, happening Yes, he's 70s. had missions that took place in the 70s. Yeah. And I think I confused that. I can I just, see why. And I'm dumb. Thought it, it's more modern times of the 40s, but I love it. So we cut immediately. We see the outs, uh, um, exterior of it looks like it's New York mm-hmm. in 1994, an old house. We cut inside a lot of objects. I love that there's a lot like this is we're about to just be introduced to this broom uh, talking. It looks like he's talking into a, uh, a recorder mm-hmm. is what they've just played. Um, he's looking at this old photo, which is cool. It's a quick connection into where we're at. Yeah, it's a great transition. Um, and he's talking to himself about it being time has passed. I love that. I, I, I sped past it, but I love his room is full of all these books yeah. There's artifacts everywhere, yeah. which sets up what's going to, like, there's some other panels I know coming that are like, ugh, it's like makes this place creepy. It's like he lives among this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Of these old artifacts, which are like, how would you live among that? And this is him talking about, like, time has passed. And I love this because it's just like him sort of saying he's old and all this and time has gone by. Like, he says, like, 35 years, 50. Yeah. And then we... Close up because we hear a little voice off that says, "You look just fine to me, sir." Immediately, our first picture Sick. of our grown up. <laughs> he looks so awesome. He's so great, and he stands. I love the coloring. He stands out so among yeah. Like, he's all so of like starkly and yeah. It, it, he just looks so badass. Yeah, they have like all these muted colors behind him, and he's like the reddest red. He's like, <laughs> yeah. And look at, he's like, he stands out amongst even these creepy, like, looks like, I would guess, like, Thailand, like, yeah, yeah, I, old, like, statues of gods yeah. that look terrifying. Like, these many armed, like, demons and stuff. Jeez. Like, it's just, why yeah. Why do you live in that it's room? It's such a cool, yeah, right. <laughs> Like, I get scared of my house plants when the lights are off. Like, <laughs> fuck, I can't. I would not yeah. be able to walk past that room to the bathroom after, like, 9 p.m. Exactly. Um. Yeah, and yeah, but it's a, that's such a cool shot, too, to be, like, to have him in the shadow of these creepy demons. And he should look scary, but he's, like, his first line is, like, so respectful. Like, you look fine to me, sir. Like, it's just, uh, again, like, these great juxtapositions that he does just, like, blow me away. Totally. And then it's him sort of catching up and you get a little in his dialogue, his his boxes of his like internal thoughts. Yeah. And it's really setting up their relationship, which is they do it really well. Yeah. That like he remembers Trevor Blooming, he's like a father to him. And it's like cool that we don't see this, but we're already getting told. But I don't know. There's like, I don't know why. Maybe I don't know if it's me really reading, but I feel like I get that feeling already oh yeah mainly because of the images that we saw before it just it's like doesn't feel like it's forced um but there's a lot of ominous no stuff. he says a lot in a very brief time and and yeah it's like very again so digestible it's like yeah totally. yeah and he's like very he's like better but i think this really interesting he's like uh makes me feel like somehow like he might have been better if he had died yeah. it's like just commenting on like how he looks withered and sort of just older than he's it's used to. It's like when to. you have like, you have like a sick or older, like, like an older family member almost where you kind of just like have this 
respect for them and love for them, but it also at the same time you feel like this pity. Oh, it's mm-hmm. yeah, and it very quickly like captures that feeling. Yeah, it's like and like I it's like when I went back and visit parents when yeah. you finally realize oh they're old they're old yeah. Oh no! <laughs> but his is very dark. But then we he starts ad- addressing this expedition that he went on, and he sort of is like trying to. This is where it gets real weird because yeah. he tells him he doesn't remember coming back from it. Yeah, and you can see he's like not that's not like the professor. Like this guy is probably like even in an older age he could probably hold his own. Yeah, he's like a steel trap sort of a He went I mean sh- I mean we jump to this next panel which is a three uh, about four panels of him. He looks even more youthful. Yeah. Just in it's just a face of him and the, like they went it looks like they're in like I don't know exactly where they went, but like the North Pole, I think. Art, yeah, and it's I'm in Ar- the Arctic. Sure. Is that see? Yeah, yeah. And they and it shows him and another explorer like in winter garb. They go to Santa's house. They go to Santa's house, which is really dark. <laughs> but then <laughs> it's they a sh- fucking nightmare. They show them in silhouette again to show yeah. this great scale of them again walking. like another cool like very subtle light blue to convey the shadow there, just to keep everything looking so cold. Yeah, it's great. You get the breath off of him in that first panel. Yeah. It's really cold. Then we show, we have a shot of this big temple that's hidden within these icy mountains. Yeah. And you show again, a small little panel that shows the scale of like, they're walking into something huge. This cavernous area. Yeah. Yeah. And he said it, it was like crammed into this narrow space. So he's just, he's relaying like this like, expedition he went on with these, which will, will they'll play more into the Cavendish boys mm-hmm. who've gone on this expedition for years this next is this thing is terrifying. Yeah, this next there's the page. there's that's that's the thank you HP Lovecraft right there. Like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Very big influence. In case there was any question as to why. Yeah, I mean it's this giant sculpture who's who has some traditional like what people associate HP Lovecraft with like tentacles. Yeah, yeah, I think like all of the like Cthulhu shit. Like it, there's just like this big gargantuan creature that's like many eyed and like yeah the tentacles especially but then there's like in addition to they have like these like crab arms yeah pin, big pinchers and just stuff. like this awful sea demon this like thing that'll emerge from the ocean yeah and then among it there's like a man it like looks like a statue and part of that this big statue is like a man like in like a meditative state yeah the beard which might look like someone we've possibly seen before and they some other bald bearded guy. Some other bald bearded guy. <laughs> and they keep getting closer and closer on him where it shows a hand, which with the dialogue you assume is is Broom, yeah. getting closer to this scary, ginormous. Yeah, skull. he's like this talking about like, he thinks it's like an ornate carving. He's uh, such exquisite detail in the carving. Almost something like alive. And then the eyeball for this last panel to just be the color of the pupil in yeah. here or the iris. And the pupil in here is like a, such a great way to convey that it just like engulfed him and 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 now he's like I don't remember anything after that. Yeah. It just like completely goes blank after that. Um, it's that's such, such an effective. It's eerie. Storytelling. Yeah, it's so eerie. Dude. Yeah, and even you pointing that out made it even more eerie to me. Yeah, of how it is the eye color. Yeah, it's and like, you're like oh, it's like that just like sucked him in to that like it's like this vortex of color. It's like. Yeah. yeah, and then with just a a, pa- a square, a he did square. it. Square, 
It's yeah. With a damn square of color. You you, you made us scared. <laughs> and then and it's beautiful because it comes with that story, which is a flashback into this first frame on the next page mm-hmm. where it shows how our our lovely hero Hellboy consoling this old man who looks like he just is lost in the fact just lost in his own thoughts yeah. and his own fear. It's like almost like the equivalent of like you if you were dealing with someone with Alzheimer's, I would assume. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, like this is coming from a place of something supernatural. Yeah. Yeah, he's like trying to call. So it's like relatable, even though it's still these crazy states and everything. It still makes you, I don't know, just, yeah, it makes you think of family members, basically. I I agree. And then again, we see this lovely humanity because it's like him him consoling Broom. And using his hand, too. His like, his his big iron hand. Yeah, this like crazy stone thing that is attached to him, and he's using it to pat his like dad on the back basically yeah. and comfort him and it's i love this i love that frame yeah and his it little just says so much about him too, and yeah silhouette. yeah and that's like, like hanging really, casually like that's yeah. yeah and that kind of behavior is like from that just showing that familiarity yeah within one frame of drawing is beautiful yeah and then we get a little like silhouetted sort of half shadowy broom and then there's some silhouetted frogs falling yeah man and then we have a panel where it's just like Silhouetted frogs, but in green, and then another up close frog in shadow. And I love this is where we start to really get Hellboy's, hum- Hellboy's humor, yeah, which I like a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like, we had it a little bit in those like teasers, yeah. But this is like the first line out the gate where he's like, outside of consoling, he's just he's just like, Sir, sir, you've got frogs, yeah. He's like, <laughs> So he asked her abruptly, he's having like such a tender moment, he's like, Um. Uh, that's weird like just yeah. to change tone like that and it's a great way at the panel to go close up on him for that line yeah and then you turn and it's a close-up of frog who just looks harmless to us yeah he's like a little little dude and but th- what's great is that right next to it we have a broom's reaction is sheer her- terror yeah. <laughs> yeah. over a frog <laughs> yeah. and he immediately yells at cowboy to run get away and it's so crazy because he like runs away into like a room. It looks like he, I can't tell if he, I can't tell between these two panels if he's running into another room or did he push you, think he pushed think him out of like, the office. I oh think boy. he's running out of the office okay. into. Darkness in a sense yeah, to the house. Yeah, I think we're seeing. Yeah, I think you're right because then I'm looking ahead of, I can see that now. Although it it's is like a, French you know doors what's confusing about it to me is because the, you see on this for initial panel with the doors. The door. He's running. He appears to be running towards us, and the doors are pointing towards us. Yeah. And then in the next panel, the doors are pointing towards us again, but it's Hellboy's facing away. So you assume that Broom ran away from us. Yeah. Away from us. And I think it viewer. might be the way the door. Yeah, the doors. But that could maybe yeah. the doors swang back. Yeah. They it's French doors back. in an office. Yeah. <laughs> this is a fancy place. It's That's fancy. That's right. This is his sunroom, and uh, they just whipped back there. But I love this because it's like. It's cool because it gets us riled up real yeah. fast with his tear. He runs out, then it goes quiet. You see this this great frame from behind over Hellboy's shot uh, shoulder, and that has the door now. And there's just like papers falling. Yeah, so it's just re- a weird resting one. He's like, "Sir." Then we go to a close up of him saying, "Sir," and boom. Yeah, broom body comes crashing through, knocking one of the doors off. His hinges falls on the ground. He's covered in these horrifics, like welts yeah yeah it's gross and he looks like he's, shit he's, and it's, <laughs> I, his eye color is the his same as eye before color is all, yeah he's like devoid of any 
of any like rec- like he looks dead already and his like lips are pulled back from his teeth he looks very skeletal and then we see Hellboy immediately dash out into the hallway this ominous building with more just artifacts that this guy lived with yeah and I love this dialogue as he goes because he's like he's like I have a shortage I have no shortage of faults but if I had to pick one the one that's got me into the most trouble over the years is it would be that I sometimes get angry <laughs> And then we go, him, and like, this? him like hesitantly admitting it to you, even in his own like inner monologue is so funny. Yeah. He's like, I don't really have anything that's, you know, it's like, a, like, yeah, he's, I don't know. He's like self-deprecating in this. Yeah. Moment. I love that. He's yeah. aware of his flaw, but it gets him in trouble. Yeah. And that's what he says in this next one. As we, as we go to the next one, we're really getting into our first action, uh, bit of Hellboy ever of real action packed, pages is he jumps in his room and he says like how it's stupid of him to run into a black a pitch black room <laughs> um headlong and then i love this it's like this only thing that's prominent is him these giant almost looks like broom is living in a room of mo- uh, like mausoleums yeah yeah it's he's like got these so like, terrifying yeah just these like wall entire walls that he's taken out of various ruins yeah, yeah. i don't get it, it just scares me yeah. And then you see a little silhouette of an, a creepy arm with some yellow eyes hanging yeah. above Hellboy. Then that figure comes jumping out, grab, push, grabs Hellboy. His gun that he had pulled out, which is in that top frame as well, because um, in the previous scene we saw him pulling it out. Mm-hmm. Great. Just the flow of that, yeah. I realize, is so good. Of him, pull, just a simple thing of getting his gun out is like makes total sense in the images. And it's cool too. He like shows him whipping off his duster in that one yeah. moment, so that he's like, I guess, like more free to move, but also so that he can draw a cool like silhouette of him. I would imagine, like that's oh totally, you know, yeah, all of that is yes. Like storytelling <laughs> wise, it makes sense that he would do it, and also visually, it's like appealing to have a more like defined silhouette. Yeah, like it's cool to have the duster sometimes if you're doing like some sort of like Batman cape effect sort of a thing where you want to hide that on purpose. But like, but for we like, this, he wants yeah. yeah, he wants to artistically like show that it's neat. Mm, yes, and then this figure we get the silhouette of the figure attacking him, going for his neck. Yeah. Then we have a cl- the next page. We have a close up of him grabbing it by the mouth, and then next p- panel is just whipping his tongue around it. He screams with pain in the next panel. Um, and he says, I lo- "Cut that out! <laughs> Cut that out!" Like he's like spraying water on a cat that's not supposed to be on the counter. Like yeah. he's like, "Cut that out!" There's no fear. It's yeah. just it's dealing with a past it's a day in his life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. And then he knocks it with his right arm and sends it flying back. So funny. And he talks about it. And then he, it's great. He's like re, like getting himself reassociate, like replanted. Yeah. To see what he's going to do it's next. like, wait a minute, this hurts. Yeah, and his hand thing. is covered in the same welts. And he points out that as well around his arm. And it looks, he says, I love the description of his elbow might as well be made of wood. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> and then. Next frame we see like from another back uh, over the shoulder shot this green. Now we're starting to see what the color is like yeah. sort of grayish coming out of the before we see a full green of this figure coming at him. Then it jumps on him. He says he's I'll let him get a taste of my right hand. So he rips his tongue around his big iron right hand and then he throws it. 
into another yeah. crazy uh, mummy casket that Broom yeah, has in his house. Yeah, fucking soul sarcophagus <laughs> that he yeah. stole. <laughs> I like, like New York stole. Museum. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's stolen, baby. They, uh... Yeah, you can't have that in your house. You're not zoned for that. I don't think that. you inherited that. <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah. I love that. Broom, is that Egyptian? Yeah. Is that Egyptian? That... <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> move in. Move along. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, we lo- I love it. We see that blow up. Um, I love this. What he says. Yeah, just was... destroying this stuff too. Like this, like priceless artifact. Yeah, it's so. And then the next one, it's like it shows it exploding. A fucking mummy falls out. I Do love you this. See that? Yeah, like, yeah. The total mummy just so falls. funny. It's, I love the destruction of that. Yeah. Uh, real quick with the dialogue, I love it because he's like at least. Um, at least I know it doesn't, one thing about it, it doesn't feel pain. His arm. He's yeah. talking about his arm right now that got whipped, but then he's like, I wonder if Froggy does. Yeah. And after he <laughs> throws him, him and as that mummy's falling and it's like responding, because in this whole frame, it's like it's responding to this hit. He's like, at a guess, I'd say yes. <laughs> yeah. I just, there's just uh, this ca- un, this like cavalier. Yeah. Kind of like. It's very much, like it reminds me so much of Spider-Man. Just making cracking jokes. Yeah, these but I like crazy it because this is not really jokes. They're just it's yeah. just him. Just like it's like subtler. It's very much just a more mature version of of that same kind yes. of thing. Like he's still fighting and he's making these like humorous things. Like, it, but it's not like Stanley like crack him up like yuck yuck kind yeah, of shit. Yeah, it's yeah. like uh, it's like sincerely more subtle and and more funny to. To me, as an adult, <laughs> no, I'm with you. I'm with you 100 percent on that. And then it, then we get a shot of him like cool little like thin uh, panel right in the middle of our this page as well yeah. of him holding the. He's got his gun back. He's holding that. Um, he can feel. He now he's starting to feel. He says he's starting to feel uh, pain. Uh, the feeling coming back in his arm. He says, "I love this little bit of history you get." Where he's like, "I'm," but feeling that also lets me grab feeling his arm is hold the pistol of the the pistol that the torch of liberty gave me yeah so cool we get a little bit of like back history of like ooh, that pistol has some sentimental value to it yeah like it it kind of it fleshes out the world in just another little small way yeah in like a way that like is kind of implied with that old photo that you see earlier in the comic but like you know this makes it just adds another little element of like oh torch of liberty you know, probably like tousled his hair and called him a scamp or something. Yeah, yeah, gave yeah, him yeah. this gun. Is like, here you go, buddy. Like that's like the, <laughs> from one that. superhero to one demon boy. Here's a here's a gun. Here's a gun. <laughs> yeah. Great this gift. This is a totally appropriate gift for the two of us. <laughs> like right, but yeah. it says a lot for a hero that people admire to give this guy a weapon. To yeah, like, he trusts him. He trusts and him, yeah. yeah, that's I, I guess that's another thing too. Is like he must have been. You know, he's a role model, a little Hellboy. Yeah, he's, exactly. You know, we say so often how like it, that's a, such an important part of Hellboy being so like human and compassionate and like for that his first exposure to a superhero to be like a big strong guy who probably treated him well and gave him this yeah. gun and stuff like trusted him with that yeah, that's so probably much, where some of it comes from totally and it says all of that in one without saying it man yeah it says it just by what yeah it does i think you're yes it's I shit love is it. cool it's so cool <laughs> thanks for sticking with us through yeah, this because right. we have a whole other issue to go and we're so excited to yeah. keep going then we see the the creature scream at him and some or just growl and then go and then it's running towards an open door. Yeah, 
And then we have Hellboy pointing. And I love this dialogue because it's like, I don't know who Froggy is or where he came from, but he obviously knows a gun when he sees one. Yeah. And he bolts for the closet window. It happens to be the bathroom. And I'm, and I love he asks himself a question in some sense. Yeah. He's like, and I'm going to let him get it outside like hell. <laughs> Puts the gun out. Boom. We go to a, a quick shot of this creature getting hit right in like its side, but mm-hmm. in the middle. Blam. It hits the window, breaking it, shattering it everywhere. And then it goes, cuts back to Hellboy. He's like, well, that's all for you. Another just, yeah. just like him just sitting there like almost like, like right, I took care of you. Gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I gotcha. I got you the best slot. <laughs> and then we- Like s- an even more curmudgeonly like John McClane sort of a thing. Like these like funny one-liners that are like sort of action-y and I don't know. Yeah, like, it kind of even- takes a page from noir a little bit, but yeah. I think more like clever. Yeah, yeah. More like, yeah, another, and I, yeah, just coming out of a demon. Yeah. And this works. Then we see a little shot of this creature bleeding green, falling over. Hellboy looking sort of like peering at what's, peering at him. And then it, when it hits the floor, it just, it's, print comes slush and bones. Yeah, it's just squishing out. And the bones look very human too. Yeah. Which is, yeah, I think implying that this thing may be transformed. Yeah, it's Maybe. really. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. And then I think that's cool. It was like we went from this big action sequence and then we immediately pop into our first like sort of outside of anything paranormal. Mm-hmm. And we just cut out to an outside building of like a very modern office building. Yeah. Which is what I love. Uh, this reminder that like it is modern times. Yeah. Like the only hint we really had of like his out of Broom's place was there was a Sort of like the Brooklyn Bridge possibly yeah, behind it. Yeah, that's it. Even that, like, I can see how you would think, like, what time period is this? Because it's not super overt until he he has to, like, say 50 years ago or whatever he says. Because yeah. then when you're in his apartment, it's like, it it could be, it's it has, like, similar imagery to the panels from 1944. So it's like. Totally. Yeah. But I love that it's, like, it's old bureau. I mean, it says he's. He stumbles back to the hall and makes a call to the head office. Yeah. I love it's the head office. Like, it's like, and then that to me is giving us so much like, and he's like, to the Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense. It's like, he's a, an employee. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, you just said like noir, like he's a noir detective almost, but it, like, that's, I mean, of, that's of course like what he is. He's yeah. Like this paranormal researcher, but it's just fun. It's a, just a fun I don't yeah. know. Second beat. I don't know. How do I say that in a way that's not I don't know. I, mean, I, I just think, but I think again, it's just giving more information. It's, it's heightening this world. It's expanding yeah. on it and letting us know just a little more information, but not stalling the story for it. For sure. Because then you go from that to him just casually sitting up near one of the many artifacts Broom has in his house. Yeah. Holding the skull left over from this froggish creature. Picking it up with a pencil. Yeah, or up. whatever, like, and casually talking to who he calls is um, Doctor Manning, who's apparently like the head of the bureau at this point. Yeah, um, and just telling him he's dead, casually telling him this guy he like has saw as a father is dead. Yeah, and then telling him just about the incident, and then you get that like these shots from inside the office, which is really cool because there's a little bit of history here too. Is like. You show him in the office talking on the phone. He's really apologetic to him, um, like about him, professor losing professor. He's like, I know you were close. 
He says, yes. And he says goodbye. And then I love this, like, sh- last shot of the panel is just a reminder of, like, that. They have a f- yeah. picture of the picture that we saw. They've been together for 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. They all, Hellboy's been part of this for so long. This yeah. head of the movie, of the Bureau, has a picture of his first, Hellboy's first picture ever, fr- like, behind him in the Bureau. Yeah. And then he's all, well, gentlemen. And then it's like, it would appear we have another messy one on our hands. Yeah. It's like, and again, it's like showing that the world, this is just this bureau has dealt with this before. Yeah, they've a dealt with death a lot. And like, they have, yeah, they, have they, to, have, they have to kind of be like, well, sorry about that. And then, you know, see you on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're about to like get our first cliffhanger into the story. But like we cut immediately to this weird portraits of old, like old portraits. Yeah. In a house. And then we go to a wide with this older woman who we don't know who is at this point. Yeah. And like a Victorian, I would say Victorian somewhat. Yeah. Home. Yeah. I don't know if that is the right period of time. Is it? I hey, don't that, that sounds right to me. But it, feel, it feels. If any of you architecture heads want to correct us. Tell us what that's from. Yeah, please. <laughs> and then she's talking to somebody, a figure in the shadows. Mm-hmm. You see, you can tell by their silhouette they're a little tall. Mm-hmm. And it's like. He's dead. It's like, is it the only dialogue you're getting it back? Is it is it is done? He's dead. We're proceeding. And then she says, and she's just like sitting, holding a little teacup in this very, I would say, large room. Yeah. Since she's like, then you can will keep your promise. Yes, Emma. Soon. And then we hear very soon on very soon we have this wonderful close up of the teapot. But what's popping out of it, Kate? A little frog. <laughs> and we know at this point frogs are not harmless. Frogs are bad. Yes, frogs are bad. Frogs bad, not cute. Yeah. This isn't the frog you had on your folder as a grade school student. Yeah, I love it. And then I love that's the end of this first this first issue we yeah. but at the very end they have this little cool like bureau of paranormal like research dossier. defense dossier. Yeah. It shows Crompt, a picture of Crompt and gives a little like if you read this, it gives a little history of their like He's background Nazis. of he's, yeah these Nazis and another thing with the with our bald bearded man name unknown whereabouts unknown birth date unknown but I love how all the other Nazis are named mm-hmm. there's Kurtz and um, Elsa and this Professor Carl they're all unknown whereabouts Cronin one of my favorite little details in this is for Crumpt he says he died like he was committed to a, a sanitarium died six months later. Body discovered to be infested with beetles of unknown species. Yeah. Weird as no hell. Expectation, no explanation. Yeah. But I love this little, it blows and the world out. And we've seen all these weird little froggies yeah. and it's like, oh, that, seem, that sounds familiar to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've seen all these characters early on. It's like weird. Then we have a little cool tale about frogs, a little myth I would suggest reading for anybody that's reading it. Yeah. It just gives a funny little like parable, I guess. Yeah. And it also kind of just like, importantly kind of states that frogs like all these other animals are like harbingers of doom they're like bad omens so yes to get like in case that wasn't clear (laughs) that wasn't clear that the frogs are bad and frogs bad the story will clarify for you it's just (laughs) a little cute yeah it's very much like the rat and departed at the very end of the movie you know this movie's about rats (laughs) really a little snippet of frogs great uh, thank you, listeners, for sticking with us. We're going to keep yeah. going right into issue two. Heck yeah. Um, which, uh, this next issue, I think, is fantastic. So cool. Um, 
So we're, it opens up immediately into this very like I'm gonna say like psycho house. Yeah, that's what like, I immediately brings to mind. This is like a classic sort of you know it looks like a haunted house on like yes. a decoration you would buy for Halloween. Like it's you know it's like a yeah. classic kind of haunted house. The Adams family lives here. The Adams family. <laughs> we snapped our fingers, we listeners. Did it exactly right. <laughs> And it's funny because I could look at this and maybe think it was like on flat planes, but yeah. in the dialogue, and then there's a boat. It's this this house is sitting on a on a lake. Yeah, it's like practically in it. And they give a cool little history of this. Can- it's called the can- uh, Cavendish Hall. It's been it was like built on this lake, but over the years it's just begun to sink. Yeah. In and it's very it's ugh, it's, it's like really- on a on bad land. It's yeah. Like Native Americans steered clear of this place and. There's a reason. Yeah, very yeah. haunted. And then next page we see, this is our first introduction to some other main players in the Hellboy, Hellboy universe. Uh, we see a woman's um, silhouette, and then we see three figures. A woman holding up a badge, Hellboy's behind her, and then another man who's like in a hat and scarf. Um, then we go down, and Hellboy's sort of like giving you a little telling you about this we're in his head mm-hmm. and i like how he's just like let my companions introduce themselves yeah and then Amelius gets us into them talking to this older woman that hellboy had called her that this is the small details real quick that i love that it's so modern it's like hellboy called hellboy yeah. called on her on a phone picked up the phone and with his <laughs> left hand dialed <laughs> that is so funny to me that yeah this magnificent creature had does everyday stuff to like yeah a yeah he just <laughs> he has that dialogue and he has like eh, i'm just living my life yeah i'm gonna call this lady and tell her we have I'm to like come a normal check this guy, out except i have a big tail and i shoot guns and add demons and yeah <laughs> and this is where elizabeth sherman just straight up introduces herself and this other guy named dr abraham sabian who's has these really glad like yeah, he's shrouded in darkness. In darkness here. with big glass eyes. And has these awesome, yeah, these awesome like glasses. Or that, goggles? Yeah, I guess goggles that um yeah, yeah, that Mike tends to draw. And they're so cool and yeah. effective. And then they this lady is this Cavendish who we saw at the end of the other one. She addresses them and um she has a butler who looks really creepy in shadow behind her. Mm-hmm. Says your like your bags to your rooms. They just have like a quick back and forth. And then there's like funny, a little funny quip from Hellboy here. Yeah. He's like about, because there's a shot where it's like shows their interior. It's like, it's so spacious. Yeah. It almost looks like they live in a cathedral. Yeah. Even though it's like, it's a pretty traditional house. It's like, this is quite the place, but I guess you'd need a sizable family fortune to finance those expeditions. Yeah. It's like, he's sort of being smart ass already. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, Hey lady, you're loaded, huh? Yeah. What's your dick? And she calls him Mr. Boy. Like she's so formal and like weirdly rich. I love that. They're rich are just the weirdest people. Very weird. And just keeping up her. She's even to this demon. She's keeping up her like pretenses and like manners. (laughs) Exactly. And I love it. Cause then you go to this and they just are like just sitting in her, uh, living room yeah. with all these like pit portraits cups of, tea. of family. Yeah, cups of tea. <laughs> I love this wide shot of all three, like three of them, like two of them on the couches, Hellboy in a chair that looks too small almost. Yeah, very, uh, yeah, like a fancy chair and he's like squatted in this thing. 
And I love this because he just immediately cuts to the chase too. Yeah. He's just like, and don't you don't you don't know anything about frogs. Yeah. Right. And even Liz is like, Hellboy. And yeah. she's like, it's quite all. She's like, cool it. Yeah. She's like, come on. And then she's just it's quite that pretense you're talking about yeah. of just keeping up that appearance of like direct questions, even if I don't understand them. Mm-hmm. Blowing through this You lying. Yeah. Bitch. <laughs> and then this is like your sons then. So this is getting more into this Cavendish and this, a lot. I mean, I, all these images are great, but it's a lot of expedition, uh, ex, exposition, ex, yeah. ex, ex of thorns the, about their family constantly going on expeditions. That's why I was getting yeah. tongue tied. Um, the exposition about the expeditions. Yes, you said it. I mean, that's that's why she's a great. I'm actor. caffeinated, dude. Me too, baby. <laughs> We're getting through this. Um, yeah. And then it shows her standing up clearly to tell her story about her family, how her just, it's been a curse, just constantly searching for this cavern. Yeah. And they can't even, and she can't even explain it. She's just like, everybody keeps dying. Cause like we're just interested in a dude. It's crazy. It's like, I'm sure that has something to do with like the, this, like this drive to find it is like probably part of this like evil. Yeah. The, this sort of like f- they're fated to find it. Like that's yeah. It's like in the cards for this family just so that that somebody can show up and benefit from yeah. them wanting to do that. And they're all She's willing like, to die. I don't even die. know why. That's just how it is. Yeah. That's just how it is. It's in her nature. But she seems very like sad. There's like there's a like a very uh, morose and like kind of like uh mourning coming from her. Like feeling yeah. like this is something that she wishes she could stop, which is sort of hinted at yeah. too of like She's like, oh, you can keep your promise or something like she would like this to be lifted. Yeah. I feel I get that feeling. Yeah, for sure. And I love it because this is a lot of like backstory for this family. Yeah. But they do a great job of just filling us full of interesting images along the way. Yeah. Because we have like a picture of the portrait. We get close ups of the f- portrait while her face close ups on her face. F- that's where it's very shadowy and filling. She's very ominous about this curse. There's this terrifying picture of like a well de- demolishing a ship and people yeah. are jumping from it because yeah. that's how their family started was, was yeah he was like a whaling whale- yeah whaler <laughs> and then there's some crazy creepy artifacts yeah more portraits of this 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 line of just men who died to find this um this temple this hidden god eyes of the god and then it shows her three sons that she's like her, her like she clearly says like because of my son's deaths, yeah, now coming back because because there's her sons that that went on the expedition with Broom. Her her bloodline dies after them. You know what I'm just saying? I I don't know if this is intentional or again me reading into it, but with these artifacts, you see like three faces, these like three kind of gruesome faces that are still somewhat human. There's a mirror here. Yeah, dude. You caught that. Uh, you just hey, made man. me look at it. It's hard to see on the tablet because you're like, that's why I I, I, I got to buy these omnibuses, dude, because they're like. Omnibuses will be good for you. Because the layout of the whole thing is so important. Yeah, it's yeah, a I literal agree. mirror on, on the page here when you're looking at it. These three. The three artifacts. Artifacts. And then the boat and the, the sun. exact opposite is the suns on the other page. Yeah. Neato. That's neat. I love that. That's, that's storytelling <laughs> with the image. I yeah, love dude. it. He's good at this stuff. Ugh. And it's all, <laughs> and like I mentioned it earlier before, but like the the darkness is so eerie in this because even mm-hmm. the pages, traditionally you'd normally have like a white 
page. Yeah. This is all done in black. So it's just m- so much of it is like to say it's unknown. Like he uses shadows so well to convey mystery. Like the same way that movies, like you said, like a noir movie or something. Yes. Like it makes me think of like, if you ever like watch Citizen Kane or something, there's all this emphasis on how like the lighting in that movie mm-hmm. was totally revolutionary. And that's like what this feels like. So much of it is a mystery still to them. And f- it totally. makes perfect sense for it to be completely framed in this blackness. Yeah. And you go through this long story of her just telling this haunting tale about her family. And then in darkness, you just see Hellboy, Sabian and um, Liz. And then all, all Hellboy says is we're, very sorry, ma'am. Yeah. Like, what do you? It's like the perfect response of like, <laughs> I can't. What we yeah, can't do anything yikes. about it. Yeah. Yikes! 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 yikes. yikes. Oh boy! Pulls his duster to the side. Like, yeah. Yeah, oh boy. Yeah, because he doesn't know. You know, he's like, we know he's a kind person. We know he doesn't like hate her for this, but he's also like, hey, lady, I just lost somebody myself. Like, yeah. he doesn't really. Yeah. And he had to just get over it, basically. He, like, doesn't really know how to console this person. Totally. Especially because he's suspicious that she has something to do with these. They're there for a reason. Yeah, he's like, sorry, lady. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Which I skipped over because they talk about what started the curse was that the original guy found a a parchment all somewhere hidden in the world, and that's what really started the curse. But then he's like, she literally is like, thank you, Mr. Boy, and then... It's most unfortunate that any outsider should have to be touched by our pain, which is mentioning Broom. It's all about Broom because she mentions his death and he's like the immediately just cuts to the chase. Doesn't even let any like like being sentimental about him come through. It's just like the parchment. What happened to him? Yeah, he's and she's like lost. It's like the bottom of this. Yeah, he's he's there for a reason. And I love the close up when she says lost and then weird timing. The butler immediately comes in at that point is like. Tells them that the rooms are ready, and they're like, "Thank you." They have these great. They send them off. We show like their silhouettes walking away with her watching them go. Yeah, and this is where like we. So it's clearly we're gonna stay with her for a while. Miss K- Miss Cavendish. We show those old pictures again. You start to hear a, a voice that's speaking out from the shadows. Mm-hmm. You did well, telling like sort of coaching her and telling her. Doing a job, and then who do we see come from the shadows? This motherfucking this dark wizard. fucking wizard. <laughs> he even Ugh. looks a little bit like his eyebrow wrinkles look like a swastika to me. Yeah, like, they really I'm do. Really, you know, and it's not completely unfounded because you have a character literally with a swastika over their right eye. So yeah, so that's where that I'm getting that from. Yeah. <laughs> And this part is creepy because it's very brief. She's sitting alone in the dark shadow. This head pops out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's like, my work can be completed now. Is that of what of them being there? It's really it's unclear what he's meaning. Yeah. And she's like, then your promise. And he's like, my promise is kept. Emma. I return your, old, your two oldest boys to you. We know we're dead. Yeah. And all we hear on a close up of the man who started this all, the portrait that we've seen of the Cavendish, first Cavendish man. All you see is children come and kiss your mother good night. Spooky. And then I love this because we move away from that. We're not. Well, I love being left in this mystery. Yeah. And we move. Although move we over. know that this family's pretty cursed. We're like, yeah. but we don't know what that wizard's. <laughs> what's that wizard? Why is that wizard part? Maybe of you it? just let her get the part of the deal that she. That's true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she probably. We're gonna come back. To not her. everything's a monkey paw situation. Like, She's gonna be having a picnic with them, <laughs> <laughs> making them sandwiches with the crust cut off. Yeah. There you go. What a mom. 
<laughs> but then we cut, and I love this next panel because it gives us it's another little bit of like backstory for Liz. Yeah, but it's beautifully done. Um, and I don't know this is why I really like her as a character in this one panel mm-hmm. is that the butler just shows him to the room. Um, she's like makes some sort of funny remark like don't have any nightmares because she's staying in another room by herself. Yeah. Then we show Liz like just we show her light up a cigarette and then her eyes get all like crazy like f- it's not it's like yeah. it's this yellow that I love in yeah, her eyes. Super, yeah. Because it's like fl- it's and it matches the color of the flames that we see in the bottom panel. That's all there is. Yeah. But this is a whole describing Liz and I love it because it's like Hellboy all he can say is let me just tell you what's in her dossier. Yeah. It's not even like almost personal. It's not personal, which is fascinating also because it's like an, it's like a coworker. Yeah. But he, I think for me too, him mentioning how impersonal that is, he's like, you'd hardly even guess like at the very bottom, you hardly even guess they were talking about a human being. So like, I think for me, he's like only revealing this little part where it's like, he, clearly like respects her further than that. Yeah. He's like, she's like, there's all this cool shit where she like has powers and stuff and doctors don't know how to do anything about it. And she's like dangerous and she lights a cigarette with her finger and all this cool shit. And, yeah. and he's like, but that doesn't say that doesn't say anything about a person. So it, I think for me, it kind of leaves me more intrigued. Like, well, what are your thoughts on her? Like if you, if other people treat her like she's not a human, and but you, he does. You do. He, yeah. yeah, that's the implication for me. I think you're and right. I'm like, I, I, think it's I wonderful. can't wait to see that. Like, clearly, like, and the, again, you're convincing me that this demon has such deep humanity. In yeah, it. yeah. He's like because the dossier tells us, especially for people who are deemed inhuman by other people. Yeah, like people who are seen as dangerous or or whatever. He like that's not his immediate assumption. Totally, it's cool. Oh, I think you're you're right on it. It gives her character such depth, depth in addition to lighting her own cigarette with a flame out of her Yeah, head. just a cool, like, 90s babe. Yeah, what's here. It's like, Yeah, she's also, like, the coolest person. Yeah, she has, and she clearly holds her own. I yeah. love that about her. And then I just love, like, Yeah, it, she's not, dossier. there's no implication of being scared or anything. Even and this, this is what I love is that scary house. this backstory mm-hmm. is so horrific. Yeah. But you don't, what I love is you never like, she's not wearing that. That's just her like mm-hmm. eye. She happened to have, she killed her entire family when she discovered her power. Yeah. But you don't, it's like she's come a lot, like she's something more even than that. that yeah. And it's like implied says. that that was when she was really young to yeah. 11. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like something that she's clear. So she looks clearly like she's in her at least like twenties, I would say. Yeah. Cause she says she came to, uh, yeah, she came 30. Yeah, I can't remember what it says. In 74, she came to the Bureau. Last became time, a ward. Yeah. So she probably had to be like, like around 11 there. Yeah. So she's like 30s. Yeah. I mean, we'll never know. The math could never be done. I mean, it's 94. Yeah, it could never be done. <laughs> 74, 94. Well, that's more homework know. for me. I don't know. We're out. Some simple addition. We're out. I mean, we're already an hour and 38 minutes into this episode. You know, we're out. <laughs> I would say, yeah, you know, so she's, anyway, she's had to live with this for a long time. Like, yeah. she's used to her being a fucking ticking time bomb is, like, part of her personality. Yeah, and we get that in one page. Me. Yeah. So much history of this character. Yeah, man. And then we go from that into, like, Hellboy's looking out into a, a bedroom shot. 
mm-hmm. big wide shot of um, Hellboy looking out the window of him and um, Abe Sabian's room, who's still um, su- suspiciously wearing his hat and scarf, which earlier on, um, which I know we skipped over a lot, but like the the Mrs. Cavendish had asked him, like, do you want to take off your yeah. your hat? And Liz quickly came in and was like, oh, he doesn't like... Like she covered. He looks for like him. sickly because he, from travel. She's yeah, like, he's you like, look pale. <laughs> yeah, you look pale. And he's like, oh, he just doesn't like travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I like my hat or something. You know, yeah, he just wants it's to very cool. Hat. And it's just like, no, Mammothine, thank you. And he's like, Doctor Saban doesn't care much for traveling. But this is what's cool is we're about to get two reveals. Like, we thought that Hellboy was the only extraordinary one here. We just yeah. found out Liz is extraordinary. Yeah. Then as they're talking, they're talking about the Butler. They're coming to the realization that. The butler looks like Sivan Olfelsen, who was on the expedition with Broom. Yeah. So he looks like that guy in the photo they're looking at. Go to a close-up of them talking about this, and is like, this makes no sense at all. Why would she lie with Olfelsen parading around in front of us? And then Hellboy's just like, we won't find out by guessing, Abe. This window has a clear drop to the lake. Time for a more direct approach, as we're seeing behind them. Mm-hmm. This is a great shot from like outside of the window. Abe's about to take his hat off. Where he's taking his hat off, and it's our first shot of Abe. In one story, we're gonna get a lot of history again, which is beautiful. Yeah, we show Abe just talking to this guy that just took off his beard and his sunglasses. <laughs> Popped his beard off. <laughs> yeah, and I love how like he's like he literally just says Abe Saban's like, "Oh, not a moment too soon. This beard was starting to make me feel claustrophobic." Yeah, it's like oh, I hate having to wear this. <laughs> yeah, this thing. Which is fascinating. Real quick, that Hellboy can walk around normal. But yeah, then they're like, we gotta hide. We gotta hide the fish guy. Yeah, it's so. Yeah, I guess I wonder if that's something that's like a personal choice on Abe's part because in this little panel right here, it like implies that he's a little older, or at Very least has much, been on yeah. this plane or whatever for a little longer than Hellboy. Like maybe he's had to survive that way before. You're probably right. That's a good. Or way maybe to look it's into just that. His, he's the the fact that Hellboy has like more brutal strength, and mm-hmm. like Abe is sort of this like svelte like creature like he's maybe not the most competent i i, I don't know like maybe I he's, he's a, competent he's like a good fighter but he's not like he's yeah just it's not, he's not beefy. brute force yeah like i i think you're right and he like stretches out his gills even when he yeah. takes off his like, takes his jacket yeah. off and he's like <laughs> i like he says i can really use a swim yeah so he, he's like almost sounds like he's more comfortable in water mm-hmm. even though he can clearly be out of it which is fascinating to yeah. me yeah yeah. Um, and he can breathe outside. There's no breathing apparatus. Yeah, he's just amphibian. And I love this because this is where we get a brief, just in two shots and a little bit of dialogue, we show Abe in an old timey like tube. Yeah. And it's and Hellboy tells us he was discovered when um, a basement of St. Trinian's Hospital in Washington, D.C. Somebody broke open a sealed door and they discovered somebody, I can't remember who, plumbers working it says, Mm. They found this chamber with him sitting in it. So he'd been there for a year, like maybe a couple hundred years. I don't know the timing. Mm-hmm. Because they show a little thing. They don't know his real name because they say it was just a play on words because the um, inscription on the um, the pin to the tube he was in says something Echochian Sabian, Ichthyo? April 14th, 1865, which was the day President Lincoln died, so they called him Abraham. Yeah. <laughs> which Hellboy points out is like is just like kind of like a very it's like, yeah, well, bad yeah. joke. 
Yeah, it's so cool. I wonder what... Um, 1865. Ichthyo I mean, must be, you know, the only Latin I know is from like Wile E. Coyote cartoons. Oh, really? Um, uh, let me any. see. <laughs> sapien is like man, like homo sapien. And then Ichthyo must mean... Fish. Yeah, I bet yeah, you. Yeah, probably. Bet you fish. means fish. Yeah. <laughs> it probably is something. Just context clues. Anybody out there, you can, you know, tell yeah. us. Tell the, us on the Twitter. My... my Quick, brief Googling is just showing pictures of Ape Sapien. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's so great. But I love this panel. There's just so much quick history about this one guy. Yeah. And still, like, it's like history, but more, it's still mysterious. Yeah. So it's like, oh, cool. I can't wait to, like. Learn more, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You gave us enough, but you also left a lot. In it's there. intriguing. Great. And then they just, they have this great shot of them talking Abe's about to jump out the window. We show a little silhouette of him falling. Um, and I love they have this little doc, um, commentary about like the, what the, they're doing here. Mm-hmm. And he's just, I love that Hellboy's just like, you should be able to find space to squeeze in down there. Yeah, wish me luck, old friend. And he's like, I have a nasty feeling we're all going to need it. Yeah. He's already feeling really weird about this mission. Yeah, he's like, this place sucks. And I love he's this great, Vertical panel where it shows yeah. like a streak and then the splash. Yeah, it gives you a good sense of the distance. He like jumped like so four f- stories down. Yeah. <laughs> you see the little Hellboy silhouette up in the window at the very top. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's sliced into the dark water. Yeah. And then he doesn't make a sound doing it. Then he calls Liz on a telephone. Yeah. <laughs> which is funny because it's like either they brought these... Most people yeah, are point these out, their cell phones? <laughs> but most people point out, I, I, I think I read online like, or like a brief description as I was doing, looking up just anything I could on this, mm-hmm. that people say maybe it's just like a classic, like in-house line. Yeah, I guess if I guess a rich I've lady would have that. that. Yeah, that's true. Rich people would have they, something. They like would that. have a little like weird, you know. So Hellboy calls Liz in the yeah. other room, and they start talking about the image of the butler as well. And this is really fun because in one of these panels, Liz is on the bed. It was in that tiny little corner there. Some frogs. Oh my God. Silhouettes of frogs. <laughs> like her ashing looks really weird. What is that? Frogs. Frogs. <laughs> but she's so casual about it. She's like, I love that because it's like such a horror, like a horror move play here. Yeah. Of like we see, we've know, we're, yeah. we're ahead of it. We know the threat of the frogs. Yeah. And she's like, oh, hang on a second. Get out of the room. And then, yeah. And then you just hear her like, oh, that's odd. There's a lot of frogs in my room. And he just immediately, Hellboy is Freaks on. out. Yeah. He's is, is like, yeah, yelling. We see him running down a, a very cavernous. This this building they live in is terrifying to me. It's very yeah. cathedral esque. Yeah, these like vaulted ceilings and shit. Yeah, and he smashes through a door. Great little action panel, mm-hmm. only to find the room empty, her suitcase, her jacket on the floor, and then a little like her ash. Uh, yeah, her, her like cigarette cigarette's still burning. We have a little close up, and then two little frogs that sort of like. And then the close-up of Hellboy that's gritting his teeth. I love hearing like that idea of hearing him like say it through his teeth and that. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like this little exhale of yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, like just it, it's that that's like a cool like animatory kind of thing. Like the shape of his face informs how you're like hearing the sound coming yeah. out. Yeah, like, it's just cool. Like it, like his mouth at the top panel too is really cool to me. This like bellowing huge mouth that's like. Like, I mean, he is so exaggerated in the comic, but like for the, I mean, the architecture and stuff, especially here is very exaggerated too, but like certain things 
like you can tell that like Mike has like such an amazing understanding of like anatomy and of architecture and like all these things. And he like breaks the rules in really little subtle ways that make yeah. it like still realistic, but like he's like still kind of exaggerated whenever Mike needs him to be. And it's, and he's done it using his minimal style. He's able to just use it sparingly when he absolutely, yeah. it pushes his story forward or makes it clear. Yeah. That's what makes it like so effective. He's just like injecting it whenever if, I, I would, I would argue that like, as we go forward, like if you dropped all of the dialogue out of this, I could still follow yeah. the emotional turns in uh, peaks and valleys of this story yeah. without any dialogue. Yeah, you could even, there's so much characterization done in just the art itself. Like you would totally see, you know, he's been sweet to an old man and that's been shown visually and like, yeah, just, yeah. And we're going to cool. get even more visual because we're coming, I mean, we're Woo. coming up on one of, the, I think one of the best splash panels, <laughs> pages I've ever seen. So then right behind him after he's like, damn, we see a silhouette that says there is there a, pro-? and asking him just a casual question, is there a problem, sir? Mm-hmm. Which I find fascinating. They don't even really tell you yet because you could, you could honestly off this first panel, if you don't look below, it could be the wizard for all I know. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like a, like the figure is, could be bald. Like, yeah. you don't know if it's slick back hair or, or like, just like a bald figure. But then he, and he grabs the silhouette. He's like, where is she? Where's Miss Sherman? What's going on? He's just so intense at this point. Mm-hmm. He slams this, and then we reveal it's the butler in this this bottom panel. Mm-hmm. He slams him against the wall so hard to crack. Yeah, it. like cracks like, him. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, <laughs> like, but that shows the intensity and yeah, and shows the care he has for Liz. Yeah, he's getting super pissed. He's like, it, like where he might not have you know this is him getting angry like he's warned us that sometimes i get angry yeah and, one <laughs> and then we see this quick three panel tr- wonderful three panel cr- um uh transformation of this butler after hellboy is demanded you tell him yeah. the information in the count of th- in three seconds as he counts off one two three the panel goes from he transforms into a frogman like before or lizard so i don't even awesome. know what it is yeah, yeah, it's such a cool little simple transition that you see Nasty it all. Nasty frog boy. Ugh. And then we're back into it. He's like, oh, no, you don't. I love it. <laughs> oh, no, you don't. We get a little swipe panel. Yeah. The Hellboy takes such a Such great action punch. there, you know? Yeah. I remember when I was a little kid, I had this How to Draw Marvel characters mm-hmm. comic. Or it wasn't a comic. It was just like a book. And it yeah, had I think like, I remember those. It came with like pencils and markers that you, oh, on the cool. front. It was really cool, but I remember distinctly um, it taught you how to draw throwing a punch, and it always, like, the rule of, at least for Marvel, was to draw the, like, afterward of the punch. You don't want to draw, like, during the contact as much, Uh because this, like, conveys the whole movement. Like, to have his fist with this motion line that's here, this, like, almost, like, animation kind of motion line. And like the exaggerated like stre- stretching of the frog moving back, it just like shows you so much motion in one still image, um, and it's just cool to see. It's cool to see that, you know, he's like, yeah, he's he's like following a lot of rules, but he's doing it so well and making it his own so much that you like might never know it unless you geeked out about this shit. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I I love getting into the detail with you. Yeah. I still have that book. I'll bring it next time. Oh, please do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then 
He that, after that swipe, I love the dialogue that follows this because we have these three panels. He swipes and hits him once. Yeah, it shows him sort of the the creature back on its legs, and then we have a second hit. But through this, it's like he hits him with his flesh and blood hand. He says, "If he might as well have hit him with a lily pad." Yeah, and I love that. <laughs> yes. I love that commentary. <laughs> And then he's all, for my second swing, I go straight to the big guns and hits him with the right hand. We see him really taking a hit. Yeah. And, and then I love, it's like, it's still like, doesn't, he's like, even though he like, he thinks his right hand's like a sledgehammer, as he says, or it's better than a sledgehammer. Yeah. He comes, this, this creature comes right back at him. Yeah. It's a threat. It's like, this thing is resilient. And then it picks him up. We have this frame where the, this frog creature, and I love this, sh- like this, we didn't point this out, but like throughout this, you see him, the butler's like a tire ripping off of the creature yeah, throughout this. Yeah, he still this. has like little remnants of a, a tuxedo, tuxedo on yeah. here. <laughs> it's so cool. I love it. And then he throws him at one of these, at the wall. He throws him high too. Yeah. And he fall. he hits his back onto it and he, and he, in the dialogue, we get a sense that he falls and I love this. He's like, and he's like, I, he, he says, I I love this part because it's just so noirish and like his yeah. humor. A piece of my brain registers the damage to the fine old architecture. Yeah. That account is so yeah. weird and funny. It's like, oh, what a shame to damage this fine old architecture with my body smashing into it. Oh, it's so great. Because you know he's probably got an appreciation for this stuff. Like Broom raised him and he appreciated that stuff clearly. Yeah. He had a house full of stuff. Like that. And he's like, oh, dang, I cracked the vaulted ceiling. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, I have to shame. put up with this thing and <laughs> it's hurting this. And I love that. And then he's like, this is my last calm thought for a while. I land on my feet. And then it's like, and I land mad. Yeah. And these are so cool because it's like him in the air, him landing, him standing up tall. He's clenching both fists above this this creature. Yeah. And then just that close up of his red, just his red eyes, eyes with this cool red background. Like the color even becomes more like more vivid here because the mute, the backgrounds are so muted for almost everything except for like Liz. There's like one panel with fire, like it's muted, muted, muted for the whole thing. And then when he gets, he's like, and then I land mad and it's all this bright red square. Like again, so like using color so well. Yeah. You, we we're in his rage now. Yeah. It's so perfectly done just with the the eyes into the, I also panel. love this frog guy's tongue and mouth. Like <laughs> it's almost like reminiscent of venom to me, but Oh yeah. Um, but like even grosser, like it's got these gross little suction cups all over it. Like yeah. a again, like a tentacle, like it looks like an octopus tentacle. Mm-hmm. And just these like double jaws, like these like tiered teeth. Yeah, and his mouth is so <laughs> round to me. Yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't seem to have a hinge almost. Yeah, it's, it's just like, like oh. completely gaping open like a like really reptilian like you were saying and like just like looks like a nasty thing. You don't want this guy to totally. to bite you. You don't it's, want that tongue to touch you. It is disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't want it to touch you. <laughs> no. And then we continue out the his rage. We see his immediate hit in his rage. I love this this page. It's just two it's vertical so cool. panels. Yeah, and it's them like he knocked him through a clearly a stone. Yeah, um, like railing. a banister or whatever <laughs> yeah. that thing is. And it's them clear up in the air, falling. And like I think it's cool because in the earlier frame with Abe jumping, we realize there's so many stories. Yeah, 
And it's like as there's a we, lot to this house. Yeah, like they've built a, they've built the space in our minds up to this point that we know like him yeah. knocking off that high up like we're we're in for a fall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> like this. It has a statue at the very bottom, but it's like that's probably a big statue here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and we have the great vertical of like Crack. beast is cracking and hitting the bottom, and yeah. Hellboy's coming down on top of him, ready, still like in action mode. Mm-hmm. Ready pouncing. to take, yeah, pouncing, exactly. That's a great way. <laughs> and then we go to that. This creature is up puking. It, I can't tell. Yeah. I can't tell if it's puking or if that's just its tongue. Maybe that's out. just its tongue, like lolling out of yeah. its head. It's definitely. But it. Do, I mean, the like greens that they use are very like these venomous, poisonous looking greens. It's right. Neat. But it looks hurt. Yeah. It in this look frame great. up here, it doesn't look like that felt good. It's trying to get away, and then I love. He just picks up an artifact <laughs> yeah. and he's just the heaviest anything? looking thing in the yeah. room. And I love when people ask a question that they don't intend on getting an answer. Yeah. Like a rhetorical question before you hit, like <laughs> make a move. Cause I love when he's just like, if there's anything left in you that you can still talk. Start now. Last chance. Nope. Crack. Yeah. And we just hear crash a panel full of like this artifacts remnants shattering. Yeah. Bits all about it. Yeah. And then well, this beautiful, Bottom panel, yeah, with this creature knocked out on its back, legs, um, arms sprawled out, clearly just defeated. And <laughs> Hellboy just standing over with clenched fists, ready, even still ready to go if he has to, yeah, just saying, Well, that's all for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny. He's like, terrified, like. He's never showing any kind of terror, but he's like, oh, this might be a formidable opponent. And then, like, eventually breaks it. And he's like, oh, guess not. Yeah. <laughs> guess I faced a lot of really tough, scary shit. Yeah, but. And he's still at, like, is some part of me thinks that he really is sincerely like, hey, if there's anything left of Sven in there, let me know now. Yeah, because he's like, tell me. I need information about where Liz is. I know you look is. like a goopy frog man, <laughs> but. I'll give you a chance, like, you know, again, yeah. his forgiving and understanding of strange creatures. Yeah, he's like, and it's like going back to the dog one. He's like, I I don't know if this is you fully. You. Yeah, right. <laughs> this transformation just might be. Just be, shoot straight with me here. And then... Shoot straight. <laughs> oh, and I love it. He makes a commentary at the end of it. Like, he doesn't, he's like, well, um, it now seems unlikely I will discover anything of Liz's whereabouts from the transformed butler. Yeah. Like, he was really holding out hope to get something out of him. (laughs) (laughs) And I love it. Then we we take a break from that wonderful action sequence and we catch up with Abe, Mm -hmm. who's in the depths of this house swimming, his silhouette swimming through, and he just starts to talk about how ominous it feels down here and the water is darker than he's ever swam in before. Yeah. And then he's swimming through, it's like skulls are floating in the water. Yeah. As he says, it's, it's a place of death, old death. Yeah, I love this because it's just really ca- we're catching up with him, but it's not really it's pushing the story slightly forward, but it's giving us still more fear. It's adding to the fear and yeah. un- and the mystery of like what's really going on, because as he with this great shot of his hand bursting out through the water and he, and I love this dialogue from Avery. He's like, and as I reach the surface, I begin to think beautiful vertical shot of him standing and directly some, some old angel yeah statue that's in, in chains yeah so very and then there's like skeletons all around him in the water and he just says a place of new death too like Ooh, ooh, boy. yeah <laughs> like 
some recent additions to the death down here. Yeah. He's like catacombs. Uh oh. And he's on and he's on edge. Yeah. Like he's ready to like defend himself. Yeah, he's got his fist clenched and he's like in a stance of like readiness. Yeah. He's not he's no longer like a little like Cool, let's investigate. Yeah, he's kind of like ready to punch if he has to. Um, and then I love we cut to this. I love this shot that's in the top um, right panel of this page where it's like another grand statue, but like just the silhouette of like Hellboy running. Mm-hmm. I think it's so simple and cool and just yeah. gets so much motion. Like we're coming off of something like a still shot of Abe, and ju- of Abe just yeah. right into motion back in with Hellboy. That's the thing, too, is, like, even, like, another, like, a geeked-out composition thing here. Like, with Abe, it's, like, this very, it's, like, super long vertical, but it's also, like, it's a very stretched-out pyramid shape here. So you have this, like, the angel, the tip, like, being the tip of this pyramid and then making this base, and that, like, always creates, like, a sense of stillness and, like, solid, like, a solid kind of structure. And then, yeah, and then, like you said, like, this kind of sense of motion with the silhouette of Hellboy and he's on this little tippy toe of his hoof. Yeah. Like he's like, he's sprinting. Know, yeah. He's like hustling along. Um, so that, yeah, that, um, like those two images together is really neat. And what a guy, because where is he running? He's running in to check in with Mrs. Cavendish. <laughs> he's like, he's, hey lady. He's literally close up of him saying, Hey, Mrs. Ma'am. <laughs> Ma'am. <laughs> yeah. Cause she's just sitting in the dark, all yeah. creepy, not responding. And then what do we reveal in the turn of the next uh, page? It's a close-up. I love him saying again, before we even get the reveal, it's just him going, damn. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's late. Oh, I was late. Yeah. <laughs> like. I should have known. Uh, like, he's yeah. kind of just like more just like hard on himself. Like, damn. Yeah, yeah, like it is. Like, it feels like he's mad at himself. And that's just what late. happened. Yeah, he's like, he might as well have gotten a parking ticket. Yeah. Well. <laughs> It's a parking ticket. I've reacted in a way bigger way to a parking ticket than how he reacts to seeing a woman with like tentacle marks burned onto her (laughs) skeletal face. Oh, (laughs) oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, she's skeletal face, disgusting marks. Yeah. And we get a close up of him sort of just taking in the whole situation. I love he's cocking out loud like I should have known, you know. And like he's 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 remorseful of like not being able to help her. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's not even mad at her. He like he understand you know, she lost all her family members and he just lost a family member. And he's like, fuck. Yeah, I should have he said I should have done something to protect you. Yeah. And then from the shadows and this this full wide mm-hmm. of Hellboy, dead corpse of Cavendish, and from the shadows our wizard pops out. Our first time meeting Hellboy, this wizard, dark wizard, who's like, do not distress yourself, creature. You shouldn't shed tears for her. And she's like, he tells her about the wish she would have had to embrace her children. So then you get that. you It all comes together in this frame. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, you didn't do your promise, but they were fucking frog people. It was monkey's paw situation this whole time. <laughs> Always careful what you wish for, everybody. Never make a deal with a... The most ominous person you've ever Never. seen. <laughs> if you have, a, if you're talking to anyone that lives in shadows, don't make a deal. Yeah. <laughs> don't make a deal. If a man is perpetually half enshrined or <laughs> enshrouded in shadow, and uh, say no, <laughs> yeah, and he has a, I, I would bet pentagram. There it is. Yeah. And I love this because <laughs> he recognizes as he's telling him this little thing and deal he made with Cavendish. His only his response is. That voice, 
I know Hellboy recognizes yeah, he's this like, where voice. Where have I heard that before? Yeah, and yeah. then we get this wonderful big frame, and as you said, the pentagram. Yeah, of the wizard stepping fully out of the shadows, and him just what bravado this fucker has. <laughs> yeah, because he immediately's like, "Of course you know my voice, creature." One talking down to Hellboy. Yeah, be gotta piss very him off. condescending. Yeah. I'm your master, your true father upon this plane. 50 years ago, I summoned you forth from shadow. So there's a lot here. Yeah. And he's just laying it down like, oh, I uh, almost like I own you. Yeah. He's like being, he's trying to be intimidating. And uh, yeah. And I'm sure it works all the time. Like he's, you know, he like earlier in the, well, actually, I don't know. Now I'm getting confused. I don't think he says this stuff yet. I might be thinking of book three or four of this. That's okay. Um, It's just, I mean. But yeah, he's he's used to getting like his way, you would imagine. Yeah, totally. He's an imposing figure. He he feels powerful. He's done this. He he he's right. He did summon Hellboy. Yeah. I mean he but he's just so much. I mean, he really says kneel before him. Yeah. He's like, kneel before me, creature surrender, so you can see the dawn of a new world. And I love Hellboy's immediate response is Reach for his gun and say, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> his gun has the, like, U.S. <laughs> stamped on it yeah. there. Um, yeah, he's like, fuck you, man. Yeah, fuck you. I'm nobody. You don't know what he's... I'm a master. <laughs> yeah. But then immediately his response to that is the floorboards break. Yeah. Immediately. And then we turn over to the splash page. Just so take a moment cool. and look at it in the Just library absorb edition. absorb it. It's this, amazing. For the listeners out there, if you're not reading along with us, you probably already finished it. You read along <laughs> with us. You probably finished but the entirety of the w- run. Run. <laughs> uh, I love this page. Yeah, it's it is amazing. gorgeous. It's amazing. Just a full splash page of these tent- these enormous tentacles bursting through the floor, just writhing and gross and like sinewy with muscle and like they they're just awful. And they have hold of Hellboy. And he's just in total shock of like, what in the? Yeah. He has no, I just, and I love the background, this this, this mustard or just like yeah. yellow. It's just like, it makes it so you're like, you're almost displaced. You're like, oh, we we thought we knew where we were. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I love it's like, that. Wait, like everything has changed. Yeah. Oh, and then we just go into these. He's just trying these to make sense of this. Too. Yeah. He Ugh. dressed up. Oh, this is. Yeah. What they, is that called? Trypophobia or whatever. It's like this fear of little circles and stuff. Oh yeah, I have a friend that has that. For the love of God, don't Google it, because you'll. I, my friend, uh, yeah. It's like yeah, but that's what this creature like makes me think of, like this, the tentacles and shit. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. But then we just get this tight. These tentacles are wrapping around. They're up and getting around uh, Hellboy's head as he's trying to speak, but they're forcing him. They're allowing him not even to open his jaw. Yeah. And I mean, he starts to tell us that, and, they're, and like it's the t- he describes it like they're doing the same thing that the frogs' tongues did. They're making him numb. Yeah, this old wizard. He calls this is where they he officially calls him an old wizard, which I love. Mm-hmm. And he stands, still stands in the shadows. His Hellboy. I love the second panel on this page where he's the, the tentacles are clearly over his eyes. Yeah, and they're like just, rip pulling his neck backwards. Yeah. Oh, he can't do. He's so powerless right now. It's the yeah. first time we've seen. Hellboy completely powerless. Yeah. These tentacles are driving him towards the f- back into the floor. 
And it's like, I love, and he's still this cocky son of a bitch is just yeah. calmly saying, I alone know the secret you have sought so long and whence you came and why. So think a while, creature. Consider the role you were summoned to play. And as, as we see, like, just in a puff of, like, dust. Yeah, him getting sucked into the floor. Yeah, he's just, and he was gone. And then I love the final page of issue two is just this in blackness. We so just, good. The floor, which clearly now we're like below, we're now below the floor. Yeah. And we just see his iron hand reaching up, his right hand of doom reaching up, all surrounded by these tentacles. And I love it. And he just all says to stand beside me, let me harness the power you hold unknown in your right hand or die. It's so beautiful. Like it's two, so and to awesome. end this story with two splash panels. Yeah. Completely different. You get these sense. two very awesome. Just, just, they're so beautiful. Wow. Like, wow. It's so cool. It's amazing. And like, again, yeah, the shadows really coming. And you know, from that first splash panel, this is an enormous, powerful thing. It's not like just these little tentacles. It's like no. a tree trunk. And then to see, you know, to see just the little ends, the little tips of the of them in this like big pool of blackness, you know, there's like this huge other cavernous area down there, and it's totally like, what's he getting himself into here? Oh, no, oh, no, it is crazy. Um, I love it. This one went. This went way longer than I thought, but I thought it was worth <laughs> it. I hope it was worth it to the listeners. <laughs> yeah. So that was the end of part our, our part two, a seed of destruction. Um, man, that was a lot. Soon our love letters to Mike Mignola will be shorter. Like we'll be able to be. I hope we can be established. <laughs> uh, I hope we can. I I would. I love walking panel by panel though through these yeah, things. Yeah, it is fun because it's just more like you just take it in more. Yeah. I I mean I don't know my final thoughts because I think you like. It's it's a great cliffhanger. I can't wait to see what happens next. I mean, my favorites really. I I, I just think that last plus or the the second to last splash yeah page where he's getting pulled by the tentacles is my favorite yeah. of this. Any favorites for you that stand out? I mean, yeah, Any that panels one, or that one's pretty hard to beat. Like the two splash pages there is just so cool. Um, yeah, and probably just the action scene sequence of him fighting the frog creature was so badass too yeah it's so cool yeah which one the, I, the second yeah, story uh, or the first probably you- in this in this second one because you really get to see the full transformation like in the first one he's still so like covered in darkness and you don't really get to see him like transform from a man so it's just cool for me to see him go from full butler to full froggy that's amazing yeah i love it it's neat it's fully, it's it's definitely a heightening even of the first one. It gives you more understanding of where the frog guy came from. Yeah. And just seeing them like that, probably this page where it's like mostly blue, um, the interior, him like crashing through the banister and fa- like the frog cracking his neck. That's yeah. probably my favorite. That's great. I, I love, love it. it. Those are great picks for favorite panels. <laughs> I love it. Um, this is very long. I do. Um, if you guys want to comment about the length or what you enjoyed about the, the if second you episode, this. if you lived with this, I had a good time. <laughs> Me too. I just, I really just, I, I think this is kind of what I want to do. My dog dot just entered the, the so room. Cute. Um, 
it's just a beautiful way to like I don't know I don't know any other way to really I don't want to blast through it I, yeah. I feel like I'm apologizing for the length but maybe I am but it's worth it to go through these and really hopefully listeners I think you should take the time as well yeah I mean it's easier to do it when you read it multiple times but these I think these it's great art among good storytelling yeah and I think There's you have to no really downside of these books like but with that said we want to hear from you yeah we want to hear from you you can email us at ah crap a hellboy podcast at gmail.com um is there any suggestions or anything outside of this that you want to you suggest your readers to read watch see um i guess watch do your homework with me and watch the descent and uh, uh cool well yeah we'll do that and wikipedia search all of these <laughs> gods that this wizard is talking about like i, I hear you yeah my big thing is, I mean, this is probably dated by now when you're listening to this, but the simplicity of this, like this comic book is known for its minimalist. I just saw the new Lynn Ramsey movie mm-hmm. starring Joaquin Phoenix called You Were Never Really There. Oh, yeah. Uh, How was it? I loved it. Cool. I don't want to get too much into it since we're at like the two hour mark, but <laughs> see it because I think she is such a great film director that she uses, she's a very minimalist way and very like purposeful in what she's showing you in every frame. And oh. uh so if you like this kind of artwork, I think that's a movie for you. Nice. It's very dark. Just be warned of that. Yeah. Um, and we'll, yeah. And then follow us on Instagram because what we discussed today, we'll post pictures, of course, along with what each um, each episode that we discussed from the, um, um, from the books. Um, you could follow us at Instagram at Ah Crap A Hellboy Podcast, on Twitter at uh, Ah Crap Hellboy. Um, and then if whatever you're um, listening to us on, whether that be Apple Podcasts or any other um, app that you love listening to um, podcasts, please subscribe, rate, and review. Um, so thank you again um, for listening in this entire time until our dissection <laughs> of the first part of Seed of Destruction. Um, thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Hey. Whoa. Stop. Hey, now, I know what you're thinking. This is an advertisement, and I want to hit that little button that goes forward 15 seconds. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. We got to tell you about our podcast, TV Tunes. It's great, and you're going to love it. I'm David. I'm John. We host a podcast uh, where every week a new guest comes and talks about their favorite cartoon from their childhood. Yeah. Join us on Campfire Media as we become your new favorite podcast. It's going to happen. Now you can fast forward because we're done, right? Yeah. F- the other podcast you're listening to. Whoa. <laughs> Campfire.